to episode 457 of the PlayStation Nation podcast with you as always. That guy is Josh. Hello. And I'm Glenn. I'm still here. Uh, this week, going to be a little bit interesting. we got some really cool stuff to talk about, uh, including uh, new releases, a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of stuff in there, uh, a few news items. Uh, and then also, uh, as I talked about last week, went to visit the uh, Chicago studio for Wargaming.net makers of World of Tanks, among other things, and uh, I've got some inter- some interview audio, so we're actually going to have two different audio sections for World of Tanks this week, one on the sound design and one on kind of how they're doing some events and rewards uh, events, uh, you know, throughout the, the time the game is out, uh, what we're playing and watching uh, around PS Nation, uh, a really quick Extra Life raffle update, and uh, I think we have three emails tonight. And uh, we'll get the hell out of here after that. So, how's it going, Josh? Uh, good. Yeah, good? Yeah. Yeah? You were a busy boy this week. Yeah. We were both busy. I'm even busier this week. Yeah? Yeah. Did you get some extra fingers to count on? Uh, no. Surprised you didn't ask me to buy you an abacus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> People don't need to be bored with my life here. Yeah, well, someone's got to be bored with it. I am. Oh, all right then. <laughs> all right, well, before we get started, let's talk about how you all can uh, follow us and, uh, you know, contact us and interact with us and uh, let us know how mad you are at us for whatever. Uh, first off, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Josh over at PJF Josh. You can find me at Torgo PSN, and you can find our main account, which is dangerously close to twenty thousand followers at PS Nation. You can send us an email a couple of different ways. You can either shoot that email directly to podcast at psnation.com or go to psnation.com on the left side. You'll see a contact us section. You can hit a button to send an email. Uh, you can find our PSN IDs on there. You can find our voicemail info. You can find all the cool stuff right in that one little section. Uh, Don't forget to check out our forums by either hitting the forums button at the top of psnation.com or you can go directly to the URL for it, uh, which is psnation.com slash forums. Uh, Don't forget to check out our PS Nation page on Facebook. Uh, You can just do a search for PS Nation on there or just go to facebook.com slash psnation page. Uh, and as you can hear, Josh and I are probably both going to be just hacking our lungs out again this week. It feels like somebody poured a, a gallon of sand in my lungs. No, I feel like I have a feather in my throat. That's exactly what I've had <laughs> for the last three weeks. But that, it wasn't like this, like two hours ago, I was fine. Mm. Now all of a sudden this just happened. I blame Skype. Uh, yeah. You bastard feather Skype feather thing. Uh, you can also... If you want to uh, stream the podcast, you can either do so right from our website or you can go to stitcher.com. Just look us up in the video game section there. Uh, don't forget our podcast network at vgevo.com. And, of course, if you want to help us out, pay for uh, this amazing content that we bring you every week. Not only this, this stellar podcast, but also all the writing that we put up, all the, um, all the articles, all the reviews... Uh, that all costs money. You know, we got to pay for a web server. We got to pay for support for it. We got to pay for all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, instead of asking for a Patreon or anything like that, all we ask you to do is go to the affiliate link section over on the website at psnation.com. And, uh, you know, if there's a store there that you'd normally shop at, 
instead of you know just going to that website like going to www.amazon.com click our link for it instead nothing changes for you and whatever you buy we get a little percentage of that uh, for referring you over to that site and that helps us pay the bills or you can be a really awesome person which I can't believe this still uh, like Robert Hogan who sent us via PayPal a hundred dollars wow what the hell Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, man. Just, just buy that's, a TV on Amazon. You don't have to do that. That's very cool. That was very cool. That was a, that was a nice big shock. So thank you very much, Mr. Hogan, uh, for sending that. That will definitely go to good use. I, I promise not to buy a string of pearls for Josh from that money. Because he's the trophy wife and he always needs the best. I'm sure I'm getting nothing. Don't worry about it. Oh, whatever. Yeah, the stuff that I got at the Wargaming thing, you're getting and I'm not. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. And when you get it, you can you can make your little comment on it. We'll because see. you think I'm probably sending you some kind of lame-ass thing. Unless it's a tank. Well, it's a keychain <laughs> that, I mean, if you've seen uh-huh. Ant-Man, yeah. All right. if you have the right technology, won't just Which be Which I keychain. do. Okay. I, I have a Thomas train table, so I'm <laughs> halfway do. there. I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Trophy wife. Finally, you have some works. Let's hear about the new releases for 2016. The first right. big list of 2016. For the PS4, we have the disc-based version, Huzzah, of Huzzah. Life is Strange. That will be twenty nine ninety nine. It will include everything. What? Take note, Telltale. <laughs> this is how you release an episodic game as a physical edition. You wait until all of them are available? Yeah. Instead of giving you a code? It's a wild idea. I know. It's crazy. All right. Uh, and beyond just that, for twenty nine ninety nine, there is also a limited edition. Ooh. Which will be like half price in about six months when they still haven't sold them all. Well, it depends uh, on what it is. <laughs> it's this one is thirty nine ninety nine. So that extra ten bucks, what's that going to get you? A scarf. It is going to get you one of those miniature books that fits in the box. A thirty two page art book, including unreleased concept art. A licensed 13-track soundtrack featuring Alt-J, Foles, and Jose Gonzalez, and more. Mm-hmm. And an 8-track original score. Like an 8-track? Eight, 8-track? Eight eight an actual 8-track? Holy shit. <laughs> then you gotta go find your dad's 73 station wagon to play it in. <laughs> original score by Jonathan Morale. Hmm. And director's commentary. I don't know if the director's commentary is not... On the other one? That's a good question. Wait, let me see if it says it. Wait a minute. Is it on the $29 one too? No. No. Apparently it's not. But. No, I'm just in in their little bullet points. uh, Amazon lists distinct licensed indie soundtrack featuring blah, 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 blah. But when you scroll down to see the description, it doesn't say that it comes with anything else. It's just Hmm. a game. So. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, limited edition. If you want to spend the extra 10 bucks and get the soundtrack and 
an eight track score and a little mini art book. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to let that go. I know. The whole eight track thing. Yeah. You know what my first eight track was? And I swear to God, it was, it's the truth. Disco Duck. <sighs> Rick Dees. But how could that be an eight track? It was Did an eight track. He had like other things that he put out. I thought that was just a single. You know, that's a damn good question. And quite frankly, I don't remember. It had to what be. What was I, like seven when that came out? It had to be because there's no reason to put an eight track out if it, it if it's just one song. It was an eight track. It had to it had to be a full album of just garbage. Oh, it might have Rick been. D's. Wait, look that up. I am right now, actually. Through this. <laughs> right. No, I, I never had an eight track. Images my... for Disco Duck eight track. <sighs> There Does it, it say on it? 20, what? Does it list all the other songs on it? Because it's a really shitty image. Image is so, broken. That's hilarious. Okay. See, my neighbors had one. Um, and the only two eight tracks they had were um, two Beatles albums that were essentially greatest hits. It was a red one and a blue one. And it was the... Okay, so here's one, but I don't know if this is the A track that I had. Okay. Uh, but it's it's program one, program two, program three, and program four. Yeah. One is shake your booty. If you leave me now, a little bit more low down with your love. Okay. Program there you two go. is play that funky music. She's gone. See, you love me. Still the one, or still the one. I felt the. I don't think this is the one I had. Wait, did he cover all those, or did, I don't did know. were they just the real songs? I don't know because it's not it's it's not the actual picture of the A track tape. It's like a huh. picture of the label. And then program three is Disco Duck, Getaway, Wham. I think he did all these. I'm not uh, sure. There's no way. There's no way he covered all these songs. I can't imagine that. I can't. These images suck balls. Okay. Um, this can't be it. It was on RSO Google's, Records. Google is really failing on this one. Okay. Rick Dees and his cast of... Idiots, the original Disco Duck. 7-inch and 12-inch single. Yeah, so that had to be just like some weird compilation that that got thrown onto. But it's an 8-track. I mean, I'm, I'm looking right yeah. at the tape now. Okay, But, the, but today, that's what I'm saying. Hold on. Today it's, I found the original Disco Duck by pre-star search host Rick Dees. After I listened, I know to DuPont. Uh, okay. People just enclosed. Look, like, uh, this is stupid. Uh, Discorilla and even back comedy about Elvis exploding while eating jelly donuts put out. Okay, granted, it's a quick caching with two versions of Disco Duck and a near imitation called Discorilla and even a bad comedy bit about Elvis exploding while eating jelly donuts put out the same year Elvis passed away on his toilet. I don't care. I think this is early Weird Al record, or this is like a Weird Al record, and I hope Rick Dees gets back to his roots. Don't shut up. So there's, it sounds like there's four things on it, but it's all these other little clips. So there's two versions of the Disco Duck, uh, and then the Disc Gorilla thing and a bad cl- uh, comedy clip. That's absurd. Yeah. But that is literally the first A-track I ever had. But then there's another Disco Duck and then 20 of t- Today's Greatest Hits. And I think that's the one that I just that's, the label for. Yeah, that has to be. This does yeah. not look like the tape I had. I think it was the first one I talked about. I don't even know where it came from. Like, seriously. That's ridiculous. I just remember having it. 
So I listened to it probably three times. I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this. Oh, I remember it. It was all over the radio oh, back yeah? then. Yep, we used to play it in our old Chevy Nova. Uh, <laughs> My dad's September Chevy four Nova. released September four, nineteen seventy six. That makes sense then. Yeah, it was a seven inch and a twelve inch single. Yeah. I remember we had an A track in the Nova, and then uh, a little bit later, Dukes of Hazard got popular, and I used to climb in and out of the window of that car because that car was like <laughs> felt like a tank. It actually had a really big engine in it too. I remember. Except my dad. I think really know how to I think every single kid in the seventies was climbing in and out of the eh, window pretty of much. the cars. We didn't understand the latent <laughs> racism or anything that the flag no. uh, indicated. We were just having fun. Mm. You know. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so there you go. First eight track I ever had. Enough of that. And I had a Bee Gees uh, one. The Bee Gees. Maybe they they might have had the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack too. Now that you say that, that might. Be the one I had, honestly. They may have had that. Yeah. But it was always the Beatles. One of those two Beatles greatest hits ones was always on in the backyard as we were running around playing. See, I was never a fan of the Beatles and my mom never really had music around. So the only time I had any music at all is when I was with my dad and he wasn't into the Beatles either. And to this day, I'm really not into the Beatles that much. My mom, that's all my mom did was play music all day. Yeah. And it was always show tunes, so I know all the show tunes, and I'm not Bang, gay. bang, bang, went the trolley. <laughs> so you're saying that we can't use you as a stereotype at, uh, at karaoke you when can't. a show tune comes up? You can't. You can try. <laughs> I mean, that is the stereotype. Poor Keith. <laughs> hey, a show that's tune's why, on. Ask Keith is that, if that's the song he was going to do. And that's why I said oh, it. Oh, that yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> oh, sure. Blame the gay guy. And he's like, wait. Wait, that is the song. I did pick that. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best part. (laughs) Yeah, he got all indignant and then went, oh, wait. Yeah, I did pick that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why I said that. All right. um, (laughs) So up next, we have the Resident Evil Origins collection. Mm -hmm. That one is... Thirty nine ninety nine. Does that include the Atari twenty six hundred version? I wish mm. there was no Resident Evil on there. Prove me wrong, um, children. That was called Haunted House. Ah, yes. <laughs> um. So this is, you know, what's messed up? <clears throat> it really doesn't say. which ones it is. It says, return to the series origins, discover the truth behind what led to the horrors at the mansion in resident evil in this fan favorite and popular prequel title to the series. Hmm. But that's all it says. (laughs) It doesn't Hmm. say like, it doesn't say what this is (laughs) Hmm. anywhere on Amazon. So, and I do not have. Okay, there it is. Somebody asked a question, and somebody in the answer they wrote what it is. Okay. Uh, Resident I don't have any Evil. emails about it either. Yeah, Resident Evil HD. I kind of figured it was zero, but it is. It's both. It's Resident Evil HD and Resident Evil Zero HD. So it's just a repackage, right? A physical packaging of them. Oh, okay. okay. For the PS4. Um, because Resident Evil HD came out as a download this past year. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Zero. I don't know that Zero came out. I don't know if it did for the PS4 yet. Um, But either way, pay attention to those games. (laughs) The two of them are available on one disc for $39.99. All right. So there's that. All right. Then we have (laughs) Sean, pay attention. For the PS4 and PS3, I'm only going to do this once. (laughs) That's what you think. Uh, The Lego Dimensions uh, Wave 3, I guess it is, is coming. Right. uh, The Ninjago Sensei Woo Fun Pack is $14.99. Woo! But if you get our Amazon link and you go on there, like, immediately when you hear this podcast... Mm Mm-hmm. It might still be seven forty nine. Ooh, half price. So go get it. But if it's uh, not half price, use our Amazon link anyway. If you're going to buy, yeah, please. But all all the first three of these these fun packs are all half price on Amazon right now. Wow. Um. So the, yeah, this is the time to get them. Pre-order them. Um. The Doctor Who, uh, the Sensei Wu fun pack. Um. Uh, since I'm there. Um, that one comes with the sensei, of course, and the flying white dragon, um, which looks like it's about a hundred pieces in this little teeny tiny thing. Oh boy. Which they always are. Uh, the next one is the, uh, Dr. Who Cyberman fun pack. Ooh. And that comes with a Cyberman and a Dalek. Oh shit. Yeah. Did you see the picture the other day of, I think it's the current doctor and his companion with two Daleks crossing the street like the Beatles album? Uh, probably. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I finally finished, like, right up through the Christmas special and everything. Mm -hmm. The Christmas special is the only thing from this past season that I liked, and I figured out why. Okay. And and I think this might be why I haven't liked him much at all so far as the Doctor. Peter Capaldi? Yes. Um, the right, Like, I couldn't decide whether it was the writing, whether it was him, what it was. And as I'm watching the show, I'm trying to imagine Matt Smith in his place saying those lines. Sure. And would I enjoy this more if it was him? Sure. And... You know, I'm going through it, and I finally figured out when I watched the the Christmas special, I was laughing and I was smiling because it was fun and it was funny, and he was having fun and he was all out of sorts and out of place, and that was the fun of it. Okay. The entire season, the entire past two seasons, he's been a miserable fuck. For like the whole thing. Well, the he's first, an old guy. He's supposed to be old, old and cranky and cantankerous. No, but the first season he was just an asshole to everybody, and I was like, I don't. This is not fun. This is what is this? But he's just being a dick. Isn't that kind of like when the se- when when they re- <clears throat> rebooted Doctor Who, and what was the first guy's name? Um, yeah, I know. Uh, that was. I, it seemed to me that that's how his character was, though. He was kind of the... Briefly. Yeah, like the, the old grizzled, like, he just had enough. and Well, he had just 
regenerated from the war doctor. Right. And we didn't know that had happened, but we knew that he had just been in the time war and we found out, like we found out as that season went on, he had just been in the time war. All the, everybody was wiped out. He is the last time Lord. Right. So that made sense that he was going to be a little more cantankerous, a little more, you know, but even then, he was still having fun and he was still, you know, as the season went on, he became a little bit looser and a little bit, you know, there, there was growth there. I mean, Capaldi was a dick okay. pretty was, much the whole season. I was like, this is not fun. Okay. This is just annoying. And like it I, was Christopher Eccleston. I was trying to come up. Yeah, with. yeah. Yeah. So, and then it continued on into this season. He was still being mostly a jerk. Okay. And I mean, he, he lost or got rid of his sonic screwdriver and now he has sonic sunglasses. And I was like, Oh, what? come on. Yeah. Yeah. It went there. It, uh, it just got like kind of douchey. <laughs> that's a little yeah. sonic sunglasses. Are you serious? Yeah. So, so that he could wear those and play his electric guitar because Capaldi likes to play guitar. So they had to work that in. So he's standing on the TARDIS with his sunglasses and his electric guitar going. Why does he just do a sonic guitar then? Why doesn't he just do wild stallions at this point? There you go. You know, I mean, at least they were funny. (laughs) It's just, it, Mm. it just, it got to me. And I, I like him as an actor. I like him as a person. I loved him in that, uh, Da Vinci thing that I saw last year. Yeah. He was amazing, but it's just, I, I don't, I, it's the writing. I did not like the way it was written and I could see a marked difference between the, the first, you know, those two seasons and that Christmas special, that Christmas special was the fun doctor, you know, they even had the Christmas special at the theater around here. Really? Yeah. So I, I saw I saw a listing for it. I'm like, what? So I don't know how yeah. long it went or whatever. But when I was getting my tickets for the Hateful Eight, that was one of the one of the choices I had was to get the Christmas special. I think it was only an hour. Mm, okay, I don't know. But, but I don't know. I I I think that was my problem with it so far. But okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure. That seemed to be what was going on with it. That it just you know it had flashes here and there of fun. But it was just like there for a brief scene or so, and then it just all got pulled back immediately. You mm. know, okay. it was like maybe one little thing in every episode, and it just wasn't enough to sustain it. I watched it, I watched all of it, just hoping for something to catch me. And the whole time, I was just like, "Ugh." Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, but I've I've been hearing that um, Moffat may be leaving as showrunner. Really? Yeah. And and see that's the funny thing. Like he wrote some of my favorite episodes when he wasn't a showrunner. When what's his face was still the showrunner. Um, well, maybe he's just getting too, you know, stretched out though because he runs Sherlock. He runs oh, Doctor Who, that? and he writes them. Yeah. And yeah, I I I think maybe it's something too much. else he does too. So I don't know. I, I I kind of hope he does leave. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a sticky th- thing to say, but I and I love like those episodes he wrote for uh David Tennant. He I mean, he did uh Blink, which was he brought in the um the Angels, the Weeping Angels. Right. Which were fucking amazing. <laughs> 
and he brought in the Vashta Narada, which are the the things that live in the shadows and just consume meat. <laughs> so those weeping if, angels are creepy. Well, so was the shadow one. Holy shit! I didn't he, see that one. It's amazing. Oh, Silence in the Library. It's a two-parter, and it's awesome. Um, oh, wait. I did. I saw at least one of those. That's where he first met River Song. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. So, okay. yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Because they're in those spacesuits. And, yeah. 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 So yeah, that, he, that shit is crazy. He did. He wrote some of the, some of the really best episodes, but it, to do a whole season and to do an arc and to pull this whole thing it just i don't know he it didn't work i didn't it didn't work for me i know a lot of people i've seen a lot of people this is the best doctor ever and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) like it usually takes me a couple episodes or a season to warm up to the new doctor and it just never happened with this one wow and i think it's been the writing i i'm almost positive it's been the writing because when i saw that christmas special i liked it Right. I was I was having fun and I enjoyed the story and I liked how they tied everything in at the end where, you know, everything if you've been watching the show for the past 8 years or 9 years whatever it's been on now for the new run of it um it tied some really nice things in at the end which was cool. Cool. But the rest of it I <laughs> I just don't know. So I know a lot yeah. of people were complaining about his companion. Well, it's yeah, all the stuff. I, I just saw a lot of people complaining about her. And that's that's the weird thing. Like the whole first season she was on, it it was kind of like, well, what's the point of her? Like there, okay. she wasn't like any other companion, but she wasn't. Like at one point he was treating her like absolute shit. Okay. And I was like, well, this is stupid. <laughs> this is really bad. And it seemed like, I forget which season it was, but it seemed like they were just kind of dragging things along, dragging things along, waiting for this big payoff at the end. And the big payoff at the end just kind of fell flat for me. Okay. Cause I could see it coming a mile away. And when it happened, I was like, yeah. And, oh, that was supposed to be shocking. And, you know, blah, <laughs> it just, I don't know. It, it just didn't work for me. So, right. And I like her as, I mean, she's really cute. <laughs> oh, I've, I've I, seen pictures. I, I like her as an actress and all, but uh, the, I don't know. It's the same thing with the doctor. I don't think the writing is there. I just, for me, I think that's hmm. just what the th- problem is. I guess. I don't okay. know. <clears throat> so, all right. So get your seven fifty Cyberman fun pack with the Cyberman and a Dalek, which is pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, I ordered these because they were all seven fifty. Nice. <laughs> um, and the other one is the Back to the Future Doc Brown pack, which comes with Doc Brown and the time traveling train from Back to the Future Three. Spoilers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, are his sons Jules and Vern in it I don't think so mm. because I figure if we're going to spoil it, it we might as well spoil the whole thing which one was it was it Jules that was um, that was like pointing at his at his 
at his dick. I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> I mean, d- but now that I saw that, I, I see it every time I see yeah. the movie. I mean, not to be too delicate, but yeah, this little five-year-old was standing there, and as they're doing the scene, he he kind of looks over to the side and he starts pointing at his at his junk. Yep. Because <laughs> I think he was telling whoever was off camera, "I have to go to the bathroom. I have to pee really bad." <laughs> and Marty, that was my son the has take. to pee. Yeah, that was the take they used. Of course. Um. All right. So yeah, watch it, people. Go watch that scene again. You'll be you'll you'll be never able, you'll yeah. never unsee it. <laughs> okay. Um. So uh, there's a team pack and a level pack that are coming as well. Um. One of those is also on. Actually, I think they're both on sale, but not as good a discount. Um, okay. The Lego Dimensions DC Comics Team Pack. Okay, that team pack comes like with team Titans or something. Team. Oh, team. Okay. Yes. Uh, team packs are basically two fun packs put together. Okay. So. I mean, they don't sell them separately. That's the only way you can get them. It's a way to get you to buy two characters and two vehicles. Uh, this one is the Joker and the Joker's Chopper. Okay. A little helicopter. And Harley Quinn and the Quinnmobile. The Quinnmobile. Yes. And they, yeah, I don't know. But she has a massive sledgehammer. As she should. As she should. <laughs> so um, that one, it retails for twenty four ninety nine. It is currently, as we record, eighteen seventy four on Amazon. Ooh. So you save six and a quarter. See, Josh, this is why we should live stream our recordings. Yes. Twenty five percent off. So there's that to keep in mind, uh, and the level pack that's coming. Now you can finally open this level because it's the first one from this franchise. Uh, the Ghostbusters level pack Ooh. arrives with Peter Venkman, the Ecto one and a ghost trap. Oddly enough, the Ecto one uh, doesn't look like it has back wheels <laughs> What in this picture on the, cover of the box unless they're really hidden underneath these rear spoiler things back there uh, maybe because i think the regular car has the the covers over the wheels uh, i guess so i don't remember anymore just doesn't look like the, there's any wheels back there <laughs> um but that is an entire game level and you can then access the um well, access the level, essentially, and play it. Right. All. So, <sighs> there's that. Um, that is twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, it is currently twenty five percent off as well for pre order. Twenty two forty nine is what you would be paying right now today. All right. That's and probably I mean, tomorrow. So that that and, gets you that stuff. It gets you the car right in Lego yep. form. Yep. And it gets you the level, which you said the levels are usually pretty big. They're pretty big, yeah. Still, so it I mean, gets that's, you. That's half of a of a regular game, though. That you're paying just I don't know. That's yeah. Mm. Well, that's but that's how these are. Well, it's also Legos, and they're not cheap. Yeah, but and see, and that's the thing. I mean, you have to think about that because if you look at Skylanders, Skylanders set 
the tone of everything, you know, and their pricing is anywhere from like 12 to 15 bucks. I think it is for a character or now with superchargers for a vehicle is a little bit more. Um, they sell them in two packs. But the thing with Skylanders is you have all the content on the disc. You don't have to have a specific vehicle slash character to get into those areas. You just have to have one of the three classes. You have to have a water vehicle or an air vehicle to get to that stuff. No, there's more to it than that. Is there? Because I thought when we sat with M&D3 last year, they just said you need something that can go into the water to do these water levels. To do those water levels. But this is what Skylanders does. They also have locked off areas where you have to have uh, an earth character, a tech character, a right, fire character. An earth uh, character, it's not, you need Bob. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it does seem like it's a little more lenient. It's a little more lenient, but you do still have to, if you want to get to every single thing on the disc, you have to buy at least one of every character, one of every class, essentially. Right. It's one and of every there class, are, yeah, but there are a lot of classes. <laughs> oh, I don't, I've, I've only and, played it for a few hours. So yeah, in Skylanders, there's like 12 or... Hang on, let me look. I've got it right here. Uh, give me a second. Um, yeah, and Disney Infinity is a little different in that you get the characters that come with it, you can play the whole game. Right. And that's fine. Um, it's the downloadable stuff that's all free. You know, that people make, that you can make, that whatever. But people will make a crazy level and say, okay, you can play this level, but you need Merida from Brave to play this level. Or you need um, Darth Vader to play this level, you know? So at that point, it's up to you whether you want to go out and buy that or not. Right. Um, One, two, three, four. Air, dark light earth fire life magic tech undead and water that's 10 jeez yeah so 10 at like what 14 bucks a piece that's 140 bucks right there Dropping plus the tax <laughs> just to get those characters wow just to get one of each you know yeah so and dark and light didn't come in until uh, trap team, I think. Yeah, mm. it was trap team. And so dark and light are new from trap team to superchargers. Right. Um, so, yeah. And, and Skylanders did the same thing. They would sell you playset packs is what they were calling them. And it would come with one or two characters and these playset pieces. And when you put them on the portal, they unlocked a whole new thing. To, to play. Right. Much like this Ghostbusters play pack, you know? Level pack is what mm. they're calling it. So, yeah, and it's, if you get into these, they, they can really be expensive. They're genius because it's so deceptive on the surface. Yeah. But these kids get into play it and all of a sudden, like, whoa, wait, I need this to get to this. And yeah. then I go over to my friend John's house and there's a whole table full of calendars. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I looked back. Because I had picked up all of the 
all of the starter packs at some point when they were cheap. Right. You know, whenever they like a year or two later, when they drop down to like 20, 30 bucks, I'd buy the starter pack and I might play it once or put it away or whatever. Well, now I started to go back and open them all up because I'm like, I'm really having fun with this. Sure, <laughs> I want to sure. look at these older ones. And I started looking online. I'm like, well, what do I need to do? And there are wikis out there where they show you what are the bare minimum number of characters I need to play every single thing in the game. Jeez. And it will tell you, you can buy this grouping of characters. You buy this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. You can buy one of these two, one of these two, one of, you know, it'll, it'll tell you exactly what you need. Right. Bare minimum to play the game, to, to unlock everything in the game. Um, which is really nice, you know, because you can look that up and you can find that. You don't have to go hunt down every single character. You don't have to. Well, and quite guess. frankly, I, every time I go to a used game store lately, they've got a whole freaking cabinet full of these things. Hmm. Well, it's funny because the original Skylanders are getting much harder to find, hmm. obviously, at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been a while. Um which is not that big a deal if you can go to a used game store and find some of them, but you can't find you can't always find them. The the play sets, that's the other thing that's disappearing very quickly because they didn't make a ton of those. Right. And those come with very small pieces and they disappear easily. So mm-hmm. those don't always get sold back to game stores. Who makes something for kids like that that has small pieces that can be lost? Seriously. <laughs> Somebody who wants you to buy it again. <laughs> and that's that's what you do. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And really, I mean, it, it says it on the box, 7 to 14. Um, the the Lego stuff is not really made for little kids. The, the pieces are way too small. Right. And it's really difficult to put these things together for a little kid. Right. Um. So again, Mason loves just watching and he loves, you know, he wants to help and he wants to hold some of the pieces and then hand them to me. And, and then he drops them in the, in the couch. Yeah. Yeah. He'll hold all the blue pieces. He'll hold all the wheels because that's what he likes. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll give me them as I need them as I'm building it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not cheap if, if you really get into these things and that's what you want to do. I mean, it's definitely not cheap. Yeah. So I'm fortunate that Disney has taken care of us. (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. And and that Activision took care of, well, both of us for Skylanders. Well, I mean, you got all those other ones. I got the starter kit, but that's really all I needed. It it gave me a good chance to figure out like what's all involved with the game. And Yeah. yeah, it was really nice of them. Yeah. It was. Yeah. So, well, the cool thing, at least with Skylanders, and I'm sure with Lego, they'll do the same when the inevitable season two comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With, I don't know what other franchises they would throw in there at this point. Something they haven't even invented yet. Well, unless they add to all the characters they have in those franchises while they're biding their time for Disney to say yes on Marvel and star Wars. Sure. Because when those eventually come, 
Tschuh. <lacht> 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 um, but, uh, see, they revealed they're doing a Han Solo movie, uh, like a prequel for him. Yeah, they've been like, talking about that for a while. No, 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 but like info actually leaked about it today. Uh, I didn't read it. Just but, who they were, just the actors that they were looking right, for. Right, right, the, the short list of actors. and yeah. But what I don't get, because the last thing I read was, and maybe it was just people were reading too much into it, like, oh, they're rushing this because they want to have him show up somewhere in Rogue One. Sure. Which doesn't make sense to me because the only thing I've heard about Rogue One, and maybe I'm wrong, but the only thing I've heard about Rogue One is that's the story of how they got the plans for the Death Star. So we'll see many Bothans die. Well, but if they got the plans for the Death Star, Han Solo is sitting in a cantina in his 30s on Tatooine. Right. How's he going to be? And we've already seen how he looks there. A teenager or a twenty-year-old at that point. Well, maybe like ten years didn't pass between them getting the plans and then him showing. That doesn't make well, sense. Well, maybe there's something in between where where we saw the plans in uh, episode two. <sighs> doesn't make sense because that was the one thing I really hated about the prequels was that there was never like an appearance of Han Solo. Chewie was there, but we never saw like a younger well, Han Solo, which would have made sense somehow. They could work that in. Damn it. <sighs> He would have been a child. Yeah, who cares? He would have been a child. Even if and it they, was like a 30-second They did work that where in. Where he gets inspired somehow, like he meets a, a smuggler and figures out, that's how I want to live my life. Mm. I want to be a scoundrel. They worked it in in one of the Lego Star Wars movies. Well, that doesn't Because really we watched it. Yeah. That doesn't we watched it. And when he finally, because you didn't know who this character was. And when he finally said who he was, I just started laughing. And Mason's like, huh? <laughs> so yeah he they showed him as a kid in mm. one of the uh lego star wars that movies. doesn't help me well, yeah have some kids and then well, watch I mean, a lego star wars movie. i finally have a good job i paid off my car i got hired today for full time i gotta buy a house in milwaukee so that's really all i need is is a wife and kids now there you go and i've got everything all right, right. Get on it. That's, that's every. That's the. That's the dream, isn't it? Uh, that's what I've been told. To have a podcast that at least five people listen to. Mm-hmm. To have well, your, five to, to own two homes because I still have the house up in Marshfield. Like, like it, you're going a little high there. Five. Uh, I mean, well, <laughs> I have to listen to it when I edit. So there's one. Okay. All right. All right. Then it counts. And I, I know you're not number two, it. so yeah. there's four other people. We know Mark doesn't listen. Damn Skippy. Yeah. He was trolling me today, so he's still in uh he's still in the same mode he's always been in, just wet blanket slash trolling me slash buy my house so I can get a new one. <laughs> yeah. I said no, I want my stuff to stay uh dry. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Although as much stuff as they fixed in that house, maybe I should buy it because everything's been fixed now. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. You have to think about that for a while. Yeah. So, all right. So that was our um, our uh, Toys to Life talk. Yeah. Uh, basically. Um, so those packs are also coming out for the PS3. Um, if you want to get 50% off the fun packs and 25% off the team and level packs, 
get them now before they come out. Uh, Amazon's got them cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Vita, there is a game called Steins Gate. Steins semicolon Gate. Yep. Uh, which came out already, as yep. far as I know. Um, and this is the limited edition 2016 calendar edition. Okay. Includes a 2016 calendar with exceptional Steins Gate artwork. I thought maybe it was a John Deere calendar. That's a new a... tractor every month. Well, either that or a Pirelli calendar. Eh, I haven't seen a lot of those around lately. It's it's isn't it something new? Mm, not sure if you want one this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm in Wisconsin, so those John Deere calendars you just find them laying around everywhere. Well, but uh, go look up what Pirelli did for the calendar this year. Oh no! Was yeah. it all guys or something? No, but it's not supermodels, and that like angered a lot of people. Well, of course it did. There's a lot of guys that works in work in shops that uh Yep. Let's see here. I think it's funny. I think it's cool what they did, but I know it's it pissed a lot of people off who love those calendars. Did, they, did the pictures? Yep. Oh wow. Oh my god, their site's taking forever to load. Go faster internet. Go well, faster. A- Amy Schumer is one of them. Oh yeah. I like Amy Schumer. Yeah. But they, they essentially decided to just promote um, just women that Ugh. are successful and, and... Yeah, but one of them's Yoko Ono. Yeah. What the fuck? Well, yeah. <laughs> See? Told you. Uh, yeah, that's nice. Okay, so uh. Steins Gate Limited Edition, odd. Yeah, the game has been out, <laughs> um, but now it's out with a calendar. If you want it, okay. I guess so. And you said it's art from the game. Uh, it just says exceptional Steins gate artwork. All I right, don't think then. it's from the game at all. I think it's just special artwork for the calendar. All right, then. So, yeah, huh. there's that. That is thirty nine ninety nine. Okay. Which seems to be the standard price for Vita games for full Vita games. Right, right. I think we have so. a review of that game up. On the site, don't we? Do you remember seeing that, Mister? So I remember every single review that uh, we have ever had on the po- or on the website. Yeah, I don't think we have that one. I thought we got that one. I I, let me know. look it up quick because I want to make sure. Because if we Let's don't, I'm see how my memory. Some heads are going to roll, Josh. No, we don't. Oh boy. Did we get roll. it for review? I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, we don't. We never got it. All right. Yeah. Heads aren't rolling. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that is all of the new releases. All right. Well, I figure we'll talk about this uh, just to maybe spur some discussion about the, uh, the, the genre in general. Uh, but the Oculus Rift finally went up for pre-order. Uh, they didn't reveal any details about it until the uh, pre-orders went live. And uh, I was going to buy one. I was ready to buy one. And then uh, I saw that it was five ninety nine for an Oculus Rift. Uh, this Hello, includes an Xbox. PS3. What's that? Hello, PS3. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, but the, that's a thing. You still need, <coughs> at the minimum, a PC that ru- that's roughly about 1200 bucks. If you want it yeah. to run well, you're looking at about two grand for a PC plus the 600 bucks. Uh, it comes with an Xbox One wireless controller. 
the touch controllers, as you mentioned last week, uh, actually got delayed until I think like quarter three of this year. So, I mean, there's a really big debate about it. Uh, there, there have been two Reddit AMAs so far uh, because a lot of people expected it to be cheaper, and and rightfully so because when Palmer, I think his name is Palmer Lucky, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you know when when Oculus was first a thing, when it hit Kickstarter, and when it was first really kind of revealed, he had talked about you know cheap VR for the masses. Uh, we're we're trying to get we're going to try to get to this to every house. Well, he even said. He said it could be around 300, but it'll probably be more. Yeah. And he keeps trying to harp on, I said it would probably be more, but he already knew at that point that it was going to be closer to 600. Right. That's what's come out. And that's why everybody's pissed off. When he said that, he knew it was going to be 600, but he didn't want to say that. And he's saying, well, I said it would, it would most likely be more. And you, you know, you guys just expected it to be three hundred. <laughs> like, but, like yeah. that excuses it. <laughs> but at the same time, it was his words that made people think. Yes, because he said it, he said around three hundred, yeah. but but it'll likely be more than that. Yeah, is essentially what he said. You know, and everybody said three hundred. Everybody expected three hundred or maybe four hundred at worst. You know, not six, not double the price. <laughs> exactly. And he knew it. He knew it was double the price when he said that. So that's kind of fucked up. I I understand why people would be pissed off about that. And I mean, I was pretty shocked. I mean, I I didn't know what to expect. I didn't think it was going to be 600 bucks. You know, he came out and said, you know, oh, the technology, there's there's a lot of technology in there. And we're actually, he was almost saying like, he almost said, we're going to, we're going to take a loss on the hardware, which is bullshit. He did say. Oh, they were he taking a loss did on say yeah. They're taking a loss on it. Yes. Come on. Yeah, he did. <clears throat> so you're telling me that the screen's 500 bucks because and and that's actually I think that's why I read. You know, you can get a Gear VR for 100 dollars, but the most expensive piece of it's not in there, and that's your phone. Yeah, which the, yeah, unsubsidized or 600 or 700 dollars, but I didn't pay that much for my phone, and and it, it it's just the sticker shock because they're trying to focus on just the VR, but at the same time, like I said. There's also a PC in the mix here that you need. And well, that's where a lot of the sticker shot comes from. The the two things I saw um, were that he said they were taking a loss on it. And the Xbox controller in there was thrown in for free, basically. Well, duh. No, like... But they partnered with Microsoft, so Like, Microsoft is... No, but, like, Microsoft... They're not... There's no money on that at all. Like Microsoft basically gave those away. Well, I don't doubt it because they're probably all the ones without the headphone jack on them. Could be. I I would almost bet. So I don't. Yeah. I, so anyway, not to sound all mad and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so because I'm not really mad, I'm just, I'm just more surprised. And it is kind of funny because you see there were a myriad of people on on Twitter kind of uh, backing that up. Like, oh, people crying about six hundred bucks for VR. I'm like. But it's not $600 for VR. It's $2,000 for VR. It really is because it's not a standalone unit like the Gear VR is. It's not a cheap console, cheaper than a PC console than the, like the PS4. We don't know what the HTC Vive is, or I always say Vive, so you're going to hear me say Vive. But we don't know what that, that price is going to be yet, and that is up for pre-order on February, like end of February, basically. Um, and they're doing some interesting stuff with that as well where... They just showed off the new model of that at CES, 
And the biggest difference is it's got a camera on it now. So you can, which you can do on the Gear VR. If you take the cover off, you can turn your camera on so you can kind of see what's going on around you. It, it looks really weird, but it still works. Uh, the Vive is doing something interesting, though, where it actually scans the room. And you can go into this mode where it kind of looks like Tron. Where you get like a blue outline of things that are actually in the room. So they did a demo on Tom's Hardware hmm. a video where the guy had it on. And he turned on that mode, and this guy walked out with a chair and set it down and said, go sit in the chair. And the guy had no problem with that depth perception going and looking at the chair and sitting right down on it. Hmm. So it's pretty cool because it's not for really for the gameplay stuff. It's not really for augmented reality. It's the fact that you can leave that headset on, walk around the room if you have to, or even if somebody walks up to talk to you, you don't have to take the headset off to do it. Um, yeah, <laughs> who's going to leave the headset on and switch it over and go, well, but, okay, No, but hi. you know what I mean, though. Like, <laughs> somebody wants to come in and ask you a question. You don't have to pull the damn thing off. You can stay immersed. And it, it's pretty interesting how the mode works. And it's been they've never really shown a video demo of it, but I've seen screenshots where somebody, like, stuck a camera in the lens and, and took a picture. But it is an interesting concept. And, and quite frankly, I wasn't really that interested in Vive for a long time because it seemed very similar to what Oculus was doing. It's it's an interesting concept, but it seems completely useless. It's not. I don't think it is useless, though. I I I mean, the video vid- demo that I saw, it made sense. But what would you do with it? Um, you can do augmented reality stuff with it, but it also the thing is like when you're actually standing up with a VR headset on, you still have that that kind of fear that you're going to fall over because, like, when I was doing the the, the toy box demo for uh, Oculus at P, uh, at PAX last year. It, there was a counter in front of me, like a virtual counter with all the, you know, like uh, all the toys and everything. Yeah. There was actually a, a moment where I stuck my hand out to lean on the, on the counter and it okay. wasn't there. And I had a good chance of falling over. Okay. But if you're playing a game and there's a virtual counter there, having the camera on there is not going to help you because. No, no, no. It's not, the, it's not the camera per se. It's really the outline stuff that you can put on there. But because why then it, would you? It gives but, you better spatial recognition of what, where you're actually at because you can flip between it really quickly on the controller, and you get that spatial recognition, and you kind of realize, oh, that's right, I'm in a room, and it's not just the virtual room. You still kind of have that idea of where you're at. But flipping back and forth, if you can, if you have a button to flip back and forth between that real quick on the controller, to me, that takes you out of the game and takes you out of the sure. immersive thing you were in. You might as well just but they could flip do, the thing up a little bit and see where you are and well, flip but it they back could do down. Some, they could do something like have that between levels or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I really do see a future to that to that mode. Uh, I think it's a really cool thing that they're doing. I, because... I could see it working for like a specific AR game, but as a thing that you're in the middle of a game and you want to flip over and see where you're standing, I, I don't see that as Give useful it a try at E3. all. Because what I saw, I, I saw the potential. Not as not as like a, a you know the reason that you're using the headset, but I, I see it as as just kind of an ease of use situation more than anything else. Because the guy, like, when he was talking to his cameraman, he could even walk up to his cameraman and he could look at his badge and actually be able to read it. He said it wasn't the clearest in the world, but he could read it. Yeah, well, and but that's great. That kind but, of clarity is really cool to come out of a scanner like that. But 
I see no practical application for that. Why would you just have that on your head and walk around to look at stuff when you could just take it off? It's not about (laughs) looking at stuff. It's about spatial recognition. It's about knowing where you're at in that room. It's about knowing that you might bump into a wall all of a sudden. They could build something in uh, to the headset itself or into the software to say, if you're moving around and all of a sudden you're going to run into a wall, it could flash that up really quick and say, whoa, stop. You know what I mean? Well, that, a lot of that makes more sense. For right. Me. But there's things like that that they could do. And augmented reality, which, I mean, I've seen some cool AR stuff. I've seen a lot of bad AR, but it, it's just, it's got more options. The thing I don't like about HTC Vive is, you know, they partner with Steam, which is a really good thing to do. They partner with Valve and with Steam. And, but the thing is, I don't like those Steam controllers. The, the, their motion mm. controllers, I don't like them. I got my hands on them and I was not thrilled. I didn't like the feel. So that was the only thing that bothered me. But I mean, there's a lot of strength with Steam. It's it's a proven platform. It's very easy to use. You know, their interface is great. And going between that and the Oculus Store, which also works on Gear VR, there's two very strong platforms right now uh, on the PC side. So it's it's a pretty cool thing. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. 600 bucks. Uh, and the thing is, Seeing Oculus at 600, I have a feeling HTC is going to be just as much unless Steam or Valve maybe subsidizes some of it, which I could see them doing because Steam has been very, very lucrative to them. So lucrative, in fact, that they're not even really making games anymore. They're focused on on Steam as a platform and on hardware now. You know, getting Steambox out, even though that's a catastrophe, (laughs) and working on Vive and working on these motion controllers And, and the new Steam controller. It's all about hardware for them right now. And if it's that lucrative, I could see them saying, you know what? These would retail for 600 but I'll, we'll tell you what. We'll subsidize it so it's 400 a piece on the market or whatever. You know? Because I have a feeling mm-hmm. that's what, what Sony will do. I, can almost, I would almost bet $100 somewhere that that PSVR will not be over 500 bucks Because they want to undercut Oculus and you've got a platform that's a lot cheaper to get to buy into. You can get a PS4 for $300 or less, and it'll run everything on there because everything is made for that hardware. Well, and that's the thing. They can't put PlayStation VR out at 600 They can't. I agree. It can't be double the price of the console. That's insane. The only time they can do that is if there's no software ready to go except for the two that come with it or whatever. You know what I mean? But they they keep saying that they're going to have a lot of software at launch. And it looks like they will based oh, yeah. on everything we've seen. Jeez. Yeah. So, I think Sony's in a really good spot right here. I think we're going to find all the details at the GEC, personally. Uh, it makes sense, because that's where they announced Project Morpheus originally. But just timing-wise, I think GDC is the right time for it to happen. And Because, from what I've heard, they want it out by E3. That's the mm, word. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I But I don't think they'll wait until E3 to give any details, because it's got to be ready to launch by then, at the latest. So I think we're going to find out at GDC or before. I just don't think there's any uh, like actual big um, events before GDC, as far as I know. Because everybody was thinking that they were going to do it at CES. I'm like, they'll barely mention PlayStation. Sure enough, they barely mentioned it. <coughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, you know, I was excited for it. I really do want to get an Oculus at some point for a couple of different reasons. Number one, to, to compare and contrast with with PSVR and also with the Gear VR that I have, which obviously the Gear VR is going to be 
the lowest technology out of all of them because it's just using my phone, etc. But I also wanted it because there are going to be games that come out for the PC side of things before they come out on PlayStation, and it'll be a good opportunity to get a hold of those games and try them out before they hit PlayStation. So I do definitely want to get it, but Christ, I don't even have a house right now. I've got to get a place to put that PC in first. I don't really feel comfortable trying to do VR at Rock's Place. <laughs> like run into TV trays and stuff. Having him with his ass right in front of your face. Yeah, like that picture where he's been sending around. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, there is a sticker shock with 600 bucks, and I'm I'm very surprised at that price. I really am. With all of what was being said early on, with, with uh, you know, all the promise... Uh, when this thing went to Kickstarter and when it, you know, when it tried to launch and everything. And the fact that Facebook owns it, you would think that Facebook trying to get this hardware out to the masses would maybe subsidize it as well. But nope. still, we don't know what Facebook's involvement is with the company at all. Very little, apparently. It, apparently, yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm shocked that they let it happen. With all the money that Facebook has, you know, getting the hardware into people's hands seems to be the most important piece of it. Because yeah. once you have that platform in place... You make the money on the software. You make the money on, on services and everything else. You know, you put all those all those VR technologies that they obviously want to put into Facebook, they can do that then because you have the hardware in people's hands. Because they had that 360 mm-hmm. video for Star Wars, uh, the, the 360 trailer that you could do in Gear, Gear VR on Facebook. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I, I honestly thought it was going to be less. So I hope it, I mean, obviously it still sounds like it's selling well. Uh, the shipments originally were supposed to uh, ship like at the end of March and they sold so many. I think the later shipments are now going to be out in like June. So it's, it definitely did well. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this thing is going to fail because of the price. There's a lot of people that bought them, but I think there's a lot more people that would have bought them if it came out less. But at the same time, maybe it was the same theory that everybody had about the PS3. That they didn't have enough PS3s ready, so that's why they priced them at six hundred bucks. Maybe they can't get enough out the door to cover all the orders they think they would get if it would came out at four hundred dollars. Maybe they but the PS3 priced it no, huh? The PS3 they they had to do that because the of the Blu-ray technology right, at right. the time it was well. That, not- but that's what I'm saying is maybe that's the same thing with Oculus where they won't be able to manufacture enough if they sold them at four hundred dollars. So they raised the price to six hundred to kind of keep people from buying them. A little bit. Keep more people from buying them. And then you just get the early adopters that'll pay anything pretty much. Mm. You know what I mean? It's possible. Well, I mean, that's that's one of the theories rolling around. It's not my theory. It's one of the theories I've seen. There's a pretty big thread about it on uh, on NeoGAF. With the AMA, uh, uh, the, the different AMAs and everything else that have happened, so... I mean, he said he actually says some pretty knowledgeable things, but at the same time, I think he's going to have a really hard time living down them talking about, you know, we're trying to get it out to the masses. It's going to be essentially cheaper and, and easier to get, and you'll only need mediocre hardware to run it. And now it's a premium device. You know, you have to have, I think it's a GTX 970 minimum to run it, or that's the recommendation. Uh, that's a lot of hardware. So... Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. I mean, I might get one eventually, but now I'm just going to wait until after I move into my new house and everything. Maybe wait until I sell my old house. All right. Yeah. 
Well, the PS4 juggernaut continues. Oh, shit. (laughs) Um, Between November 23rd and January 3rd, 2015 to 2016 there. So that month and a half period. Yeah. um, PlayStation 4 sold through 5.7 million consoles. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, worldwide sales have pushed just over 35.9 million. Which is insane. Uh, that is insane. Uh, PlayStation Plus subscriptions rose over 60% uh, during that time frame compared to last year. Wow. Which makes sense because more people are moving to the PS4 right. to play online for the PS4. You must have PlayStation Plus. So that number's probably always going to go up at this yeah, point. I think so too. <laughs> I think that has a lot more to do with it than people are saying, Oh, there's value in this. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and they find that there's value after the fact, but you know, people would not have come to it willingly if it didn't have that tie in with the PS4 that you must have it to play online. Right. So, right. Um, at least not in those numbers. I don't think, so, yeah, it just keeps rolling along. Will it pass the PS2? It's on track when to do it. When all is said and done. It's on track to do it. Yeah, but will it be able to keep up the momentum for the long haul? And will Sony still support it for the long haul the way the PS2 was supported? Yeah, I don't know. Because think about, you know, God of War 1 and 2 came out in the last two years, the last two official years of... Right. Like, God of War 1, I think, came out... I'd have to look at it. Hang on. I've got my list right here. My my game list is open. keep trying to, like, mention all these dates and we have no ideas when when they actually hit. No, but... I remember that this one of them was like the year one of them was 2005. One of them was essentially the year before the PS3 launched. Right. Um so God of War the original was 2005. Right. God of War 2 was 2007. Right. On the PS2 while the PS3 was out, okay? For for a year at that point. Well, because the PS3 was really slow to come out anyway or yeah. to to build up momentum. Yeah, but I mean, think about that. Will they be still releasing high-end AAA titles on the PS4 when the PS5 has been out for a year or two? Well, I, I it really depends on if the system keeps selling the way it does. I mean, if they get over 100 million systems out, you bet your ass they're going to. Because <laughs> it's worth every developer doing that with oh, yeah, all the potential is. sales in front of them. <laughs> yeah, you bet. But, I mean, that was... And the PS5 won't know, be backward compatible to keep people from... But this was Sony Santa Monica, you right. know? So... Well, but it, it, that, that doesn't matter. I mean, the, so Sony's getting the sales. It, it, the, the, the fact remains, if you have 100 million... Just as an example, if you have 100 million consoles out there, that's 100 million potential sales of the game. Potential, I mean, yes. Potential. I mean, they're never going to get that much sell-through, but just the more potential you have, the higher it's probably going to sell if it's a good game. Gran Turismo 4 was also 2005. Yeah. Oh, man. That was such a good game. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was awesome. I played the hell out of that game. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a good game. It's just unconscionable how this thing is still selling. And the last numbers we looked up, I think Xbox One's around eighteen million. So PS4 has essentially doubled it now. It's just it's it's crazy, and even Michael Pactor saying there's no way Microsoft's going to catch up, and I think Microsoft's well, even conceded that fact now. But like a year ago, Michael Pactor said it was going to catch up. I know, I love it. <laughs> I've met Michael Pactor a few times. He's a great guy, but some of the stuff he says, I just kind of shake my head. It's well, it's like he's pulling it out of his ass half the time. But the thing but is, but if that's... Michael wants to invite me to his E3 party, I, I take all that back. <laughs> and you know. For any Wall Street analysts out there that listen to the podcast, I'm sorry, but uh, most of them are just pulling things out of their ass. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, they have numbers and things to look at, but there's no way to to, to legitimately predict that this is going to happen. I mean, look at Pactor. He gets yeah. he gets it wrong as much as he gets it right. Oh yeah, it's it's just a stab in the dark half the time. You look at numbers, you look at trends, and you try to make a guess. And the guess is wrong as often as it's right. Yeah. It's ridiculous because it's a guess. (laughs) You know, you can say I have numbers to back up this guess, but it's still a guess eventually. It is. They're like the weathermen of of finance. Yeah. Yeah, Guess, guess, guess. Guess, guess, guess. All right. Uh, oh fuck! <clears throat> this yeah. next one, I still tomorrow. didn't. I didn't get this. I have to get this. It comes out tomorrow. Oh, that's why I didn't get this. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, so, out of the blue, Zen, Zen Studios announced that the Star Wars: The Force Awakens is coming to Zen Pinball Two with two different tables uh, coming out the day this podcast hits on January twelfth. Uh, the both tables use direct assets from the film such as sounds, models, and feature art. So that's probably why they kind of dropped this on us at the last minute because uh, the tables actually, I think, have some spoilers in them. So make sure you've seen the movies before you buy these tables. Uh, the trailer looks really cool. We were actually going to do a stream of this early, but I was in Chicago, so we didn't have time to do it. Uh, but I'll probably see about streaming this on Tuesday night for a little while like we normally do. Uh, Two-table pack comes out. It's obviously crossed by PlayStation Vita, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation 4. Uh, you can get the um, the pack. Well, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, the two table pack is five dollars US for uh, for the pack, but two dollars a piece if you buy them individually. <laughs> I think something here is wrong. <laughs> that uh, sounds about right. Yeah, I think there's a typo in that. <laughs> Let me see here. Let me look this up. <clears throat> I, I just found the initial email here, the original email. Uh, let's see here. What the fuck? This makes no sense. Is that what it is? Yeah. The Star Wars Pinball Force Awakens pack will be available on Zim Pinball 2 for PS3, PS4, and Vita. Uh, on is it only two January tables 12th, or is it three? It says both of the new Star Wars Pinball tables. Mm. So it's two for four ninety nine. As well as individual table in-app purchases. Oh, wait. Oh, no, that's for other stuff. You can, you have to buy the pack on, on consoles. All right. Eh, we should go and change that. Anyway, honest mistake. That was really tough to find. All right. So there you go. It's five bucks. <laughs> okay. It's, it's a dollar or it's a dollar ninety nine piece on like iOS and Android. 
So that's where that came from. All right. All right. So check it out. The trailer does look really cool, but like I said, if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, you might want to shy away because there are, I believe, some spoilers in there. Just letting okay. you know now. You have been warned. Onward. Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. Yeah. Multiplayer beta coming soon. Indeed. I played this uh, the day before Comic-Con. Okay. And it was incredibly fun. The first one was fun. It just got a little thin. Uh, it looks like they're mm, addressing that with this new one. They are. Yeah. And it's the new character classes that are there. Um, right. Which are ridiculously fun. Um, they're just absurd. So um, that's what they're doing here, really. Yeah. Um, there is the beta starts um, January 14th. Ends January 18th. Nice. Um, demo, essentially. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I think they're going to use this for some online code stuff, because when this game first hit, there were there was definitely some, uh, especially matchmaking issues. But how many times have I we know. seen the quote-unquote multiplayer beta come out, and then a couple weeks well, later the game comes no, out? No, no, no. At least this is over fixed. a month. This is five weeks before the game comes out. Well, I can hope. Even though none, none of the betas for the Battlefield or Battlefront games have ever garnered any help. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're both EA. I, I can hope. That's all I'm saying. I can hope. Um, but I will say I did play this. Um, I played it with a couple of developers and I forget who else was in them. Maybe another um, media person. Yeah. And it was just fun. It was just flat out fun. Um, so... It, it's it's a nice kind of I don't know distraction when you're playing a lot of hardcore stuff. Yeah, it's a nice distraction to go ahead and play this one because it's a little more simplified, but it's class based still, and and you know it, it can be a lot of fun. Well, there's I think there's more strategy in this than there was in the first, just because of the new classes and because of everything they've they've added in well, there. But the um, problem is these games do kind of cater to the younger kids. Yeah. And if you're trying to coordinate with younger kids, it's just not going to happen. Oh. So there's your catch-22. So you go in a party and you no, no, do but, your own but, thing. But, you know, it's it's, it's kind of tough to, you know, and then they don't really talk. They just say stuff about your mom and challenge your sexuality and use oh, the no. N-word a lot. Whatever shall I do? Yeah, use um, the N-word and- Ignore them. <laughs> yeah, 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 block them. Yeah, you know, but stuff like that happens. And you know, yeah, it's, it's, when you play with the kids in the line, it just gonna, uh, well, because that's this weekend. Keith will be using that for uh, his Sunday TGI Sunday Keith. Yeah, uh, stream. I might even play because the Packers play on Saturday night. So. Uh, yeah, I might even join in. Awesome. Yeah, that's the plan. And hopefully Keith. I can take Keith out enough that, that he gets really mad and, like, uh, rage quits. That'd be cool. Except it's really tough to make Keith do anything, like, rage-wise, because he's so even-keeled most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> he Keith. said it. I poor, didn't. Poor Keith is going to think we're ripping on him the whole show. <laughs> this is the second time we brought him up. He said it. I didn't. Yeah. He brought you up. I think you should play Sunday. I'm going to be on the road. 
I see. I'm always on my way back and forth to Brooklyn to pick up the wife and kids. It's that doesn't happen. I see. I, yeah. Well, uh, you could make Mason drive on the way back and you right. could hotspot your phone. Or I could just sleep, which would be nice <laughs> since I never get to sleep. Sleep is for suckers. Um, no, if when we get back here on Sundays, it's usually mid to late afternoon and it's usually get things ready for Monday and maybe play something and it's whatever Mason wants to be involved with, whether it's, um, a Lego game or Disney infinity or whatever, or we're just playing with his trains and, and Play-Doh and Holy shit, dude, he picked something up tonight. We came home and he's in the kitchen and he picked this thing up. He's like, daddy, can we open this? We never opened it. And I'm like, what is it? And I look and it's like a Frankenstein face. It's this Uh little piece of plastic. And I'm like, what the hell is this thing? And I flip it over and it says, um, I forget what it was called. It was like monster. Um, clay, like molding clay or something like that, but not like that. It something along those lines. It wasn't silly putty. No, okay. no, actually it was called monster putty. That's what it was. Oh, okay. And I'm like, and I'm like, what is this? So I open it up and he's like, can I see it? And I'm like, well, it still has another thing here. It's like all totally sealed up. And I pull it open. It's been sitting like next to the heater. And I'm like, uh, oh, what? How nasty is this thing? And I pull it off and I'm like, oh, no, it's all. Na-. And I touch it and I smell it. And I'm like, holy shit. This is slime. From oh, when like I was a kid. Slime? No, from like 1976 when it first released. Oh, that slime. really reeky plastic. The green, yeah, the green gooey stuff. Remember, they had worms, slime with yeah, worms, yeah. slime with eye. It came in a little trash can, little no, plastic no trash can. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking. I about. I started freaking the fuck out. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is slime! Oh. This is awesome!" <laughs> Man, that stuff always it, smelled. You could always tell if somebody oh, was playing yes. with it. Oh, I love that smell, though. I haven't smelled it since I was a kid. Wow. So, yeah, it's gooey, and it feels all really sticky and gross, but the moment it comes off your hands, your hands are totally not sticky at all. It's right, amazing. Right. It's the coolest stuff. Because I, I immediately I picked it up, and it's a big, green, like, neon green thing, and I, I held it in my hand at, right up to my nose, and I went, Achoo! and I had it, like, drop down. It's hanging there, and I'm like, oh! Get big schnots, and he's looking at me, and he started laughing. He's like, "Daddy, what are you doing?" I'm like, oh, That's awesome. "Big schnots!" Wow, I haven't seen that stuff since I was probably like ten years old. I was so excited. I'm like, "This is the best thing ever!" Holy crap! So, so he just he started playing with it. He threw it in his little, in like a little plastic frying pan, in that little kitchen thing he has in the kitchen. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to cook it. <laughs> I was like, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I was freaking out. I had to look it up online. I'm like, I, I think this was like from 1977 or 78. And I looked oh, it up. on like 76. Holy shit. Wasn't the, wasn't the little drum thing or whatever came in like yellow or green? It came in all different ones because yeah. we had, there was a green one. There was like a gray silvery one yep, that looked yep. like a real trash can. It depended on what came in it. Wow. You know, it was either the slime or the slime with worms, which we had. Yep. Um, which always freaked me out because I thought there were real worms when I was a kid. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and slime with eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, and then when I was reading, when I was all excited and looking this whole thing up again, um, they did a He-Man Masters of the Universe thing where there was this giant skull with a mouth in it. Oh, yeah, it. and you pushed it and it kind of oozed out of the eye yeah. of the mouth. Yeah, you would put a character underneath it and then you would pour it in the back and open up the mouth a little bit and it would ooze out of the mouth and over top of the character yep, and yep. cover them in slime. Yep. <laughs> I think my friends across the street had that thing because they had a lot oh, of E-Man toys. It's so fucking Holy amazing. Crap. It's it was something I had completely forgotten about. Wow. And the moment I opened it up and I smelled it, I was like, oh, I know what this is. <laughs> I was wow, like, this is crazy. great. I didn't think it, it still existed. That's I, so cool. I haven't thought about that stuff in years. Yeah. Holy cow. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't I don't know where he got it. I don't I have no idea. I don't know if it was in his he probably swiped it from from kindergarten and no, or whatever. It, I, it was either trick or treating, or when they did the Halloween thing at school, like some of the parents brought in stuff for. Sure. You know, we had the whole thing in the parking lot, and maybe it got dropped into his bag at that point because wow. we didn't buy it. I didn't. I didn't know where it came from. So you put a picture of that up. It's really freaking cool. Holy crap! Yeah. And it's the, it's the bright neon green and everything. I'm like, this is so cool. Well, it works for Snap then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Just, yeah. So. Ah. All right. Yeah. So that's why I'm busy on Sunday. <laughs> All right, then. Playing with Snap. All right. On to the Golden Minecart Awards. The Golden 2015. What? Yes. Voting has opened, everyone. I voted case- today. In case you weren't aware, you can do write-ins. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just thought I'd mention that right off the top. Well, it's a good thing, because I don't think you've ever said that before, Josh, and we've never done that in the past. <laughs> right. Totally new thing. So, yeah. Um, there are a lot of awards this year. Yeah. Um, bunch for the Vita. Uh, we did mess up for the Vita briefly um where we had uh axiom verge on there oh uh, yeah for in, in several categories um and <laughs> 18 guys looked at it and nobody remembered you know that it wasn't out and, and this <laughs> yes. is the funny part so i was on the road and i didn't have my vita with me or no i had my vita when my, my battery was dead because i saw it and i went that didn't come out yet, did it? And the problem is, and I think this is what you ran into, if you went to the product page, if you went to pretty much anything, it actually had Vita listed. Because I went and looked. And I was like, it, I don't think it's up for Vita yet. And it kept saying Vita. I'm like, all right. But then I finally got to like power up my Vita on Saturday. And I went to the store and I'm like, oh, shit. That's when I emailed you. And they're like, yeah, we already figured that out. Now, what I ran into was that I was doing these weekly. So whatever was listed weekly, and that was listed at some point, hmm. which is how it got into my spreadsheet. It was listed at some point as coming out. Yeah. Development actually got delayed because he, yeah. his wife had a kid. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Um, but yeah, at some point it said that it was coming out. So it ended up on my spreadsheet. And now months later, I'm not thinking. Um, it, I, it took me 10 hours 
yeah. 10 hours on Saturday, I sat down and I did not move from this chair, getting all of that stuff coordinated, getting it all added up, getting it all into all the polls, getting them on the site, getting the page done and posting it. Yeah. And then I go over to my neighbor's house and they had just gotten back from uh, a wedding in Ireland. Um, and he had all this booze. <laughs> so we're sitting there and I start getting dings and I'm like, what? Oh, fuck. Seriously? <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll fix it later. <laughs> and a couple hours later, I went home and I fixed it. So, um, yeah, it's so that was fixed. Um, it wouldn't be the gold of minecarts if we didn't have a fuck up every year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's going to happen, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Um we've had minor complaints. And I say minor because it's only been two, two or people. two people vocally, yeah. really, that have said this <laughs> out of everybody. Um that actually two people said the Witcher didn't make game of the year for PS4. And they were complaining about that. Mm. And one person to me directly said, where's Batman on game of the year for PS4? Well, so this is what happens. And we had talked about how the process is last week with bloodborne fallout four, just cause three metal gear, solid five rocket league and until dawn. That's six. Yeah. We were doing the top five for some of the categories. I went six because there were ties and I didn't feel like going back to everybody and saying, all right, what's your best out of these two? I just said, fuck it, six. And it's fine. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Because some of them, it's it's too hard to do. And with this, <sighs> those were all the top six. And... Five and six were tied, which is how we ended up with six, obviously, yeah. for game of the year. The next one vote down from that, missing missing the cut by one vote, was um, The Witcher 3, Batman, and Life is Strange. Okay. And I looked at that. And I, I literally, that was one of the last things I did. I'm standing, I'm, I'm just staring at it and I'm trying to decide. I'm like, what do I do here? I said, I've already got six. I'm not doing nine. And I yeah. can't just say, well, one of these is better than the others. That's not fair for me to decide that. That's, and I don't want to then go back in and have everybody debate it for the next six hours and right. try to figure out what's what, you know? Right. So I just, I cut it off at six and let it go. And that's why we have the write-ins. Yep. So uh, this is not an indication of I don't like it. Glenn doesn't like it. The writers don't like it. No, the, enough well, writers liked it, yeah. but, but they came up one short <laughs> compared well, to all the, the other games. And that's the thing, you know, with, with such a spread of people that we have in the staff, we don't, Josh and I don't play every single game and neither do anybody else. And I guarantee you there is n there is maybe one or two people, if that. No, no, I guarantee you there's nobody that's going to vote in this that has played every single game that is listed across all three of these consoles. Yeah. There's nobody that's played every single game across all three of these consoles. Right. 
and I've no way. never played The Witcher 3. I've watched it, but I've never played it. I've played it. I like it. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. There, I'm voting for The Witcher 3. I'm doing the write-in because I want to see a write-in win. I really do. Yeah, it's not going to win that category, though. Well, There's only one true game of the year. Well. And I'm not going to say it to, to try to sway votes. We can do that in the forums. But I think everybody knows what I'm going to vote for anyway. <laughs> well, of course. We know what you're going to vote for. But, I mean, and then, that's the thing. Uh, I, it's It's not a decision by me. It's not a decision by Glenn. It's a decision by... How many was it? 18, 19, 20. It's like 20 people almost. Yeah. I think altogether. 18, I, mean, I think it is. Yeah. Well, it, it, but there were, there's a lot of people involved. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> there's a lot of people involved. So it's, it's not like people didn't like it. People liked it. People liked it just as much as they liked Batman, just as like, as much as they liked life is strange. But two games in that six got one vote more right. than Batman Life is Strange and The Witcher. And I wasn't going to do nine. And we had nine or ten in 2012, and it split the votes so much across all of them that Journey ended up winning Game of the Year, and it got like 26% of the vote. And that's just, we don't want to do that again. And that's too many to throw in there. And it it just, it splits the vote way too much. Yeah. Then you have like three votes for this and whatever, you know? So, uh, it get is what forums, it is. Get on the forums, make your arguments there. Yeah. Sway make, the vote. Make get your arguments. Writing. Tell everybody if, if everybody, if it is... If it is the end-all, be-all game that some people are claiming it is, yeah, then it should win handily because everybody should be outraged that it's not on there and everybody should write it in and it should win handily. This is a travesty. <laughs> so, Just like Yakuza 5 uh, will probably have some write-ins as RPG of the year. Just like the person. Martian, just like the Martian what? is the best comedy of the, the year. Fuck, <laughs> was the, and I love Ricky Gervais. Actually, said something. He he hosts. I didn't watch the Golden Globes, but yeah. I saw this this morning. He says, uh, "To be fair, the Martian was a lot funnier than Pixels, but then again, so was Schindler's List." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he um, when I saw that, I just started laughing, and I'm like, "Holy shit! It's the Yakuza of the Golden Globes." Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we've had this big internal debate with one person <laughs> saying that uh, Yakuza Five should be best RPG, and it's definitely an RPG. And we, I think we, well, you guys had discussions about that when I was we had around. The debate. No, there, there was, there was a big debate amongst all the writers. Yeah, and then I brought it up because I brought, I brought something else up, and that came up again, and everybody's like, "Not this shit again!" Yeah, yeah, because it went on for a couple hours. Yeah, on one day, um, as we were trying to decide what was going on with it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, with that, especially I said, well, you know, every game in here, well, not every game, but a lot of games at this point, the lines are blurred. Yes. And that's why we have action slash adventure 
we're not saying action adventure game. We're saying best action or adventure game. Right. Uh, we're saying best. Uh, what was the other one? That's a slash. Um, uh, puzzle platform. Puzzle platformer. Yeah. Um, because the lines are blurred so much on these games at this point that, yeah, a lot of these games have RPG elements. Yes. Doesn't necessarily make it an RPG. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, when it, when I was trying to categorize these things, I would go based on what I knew of the game, if I had played the game or not. If I wasn't 100% sure, if I knew that there was still a question in my mind about it, I would go to the developer's website, the publisher's website, and I would go to Sony and I would go around the internet and see what the general consensus on it was. Sega, Sony, and the general consensus, consensus around the internet more than anything else called it action adventure. Exactly. Plus in my experience, it, it's more action adventure than it is anything else. So. And that's what I consider it too. Yeah. So that's where that ended up. I mean, but these are the types I mean, of ridiculous on. debates we have in the would, background. Would I, be, <laughs> would I be begging for Yakuza on PS3 in the US if it was an RPG? <laughs> would I be playing it Good as point. much as I am if it was an RPG? <laughs> me, per, me, Glenn, would I be playing it if it was an RPG? No. That's a very good point. <laughs> Come on. That should have ended the discussion right there. I mean, even Fallout 4, I only got about three hours into it, and then I, I haven't played it since. Yeah. Because of 5, I've still played. So, I mean, and that's the thing. And the funny thing is, Bloodborne ended up in both. It ended yeah. up under RPG, and it ended up under action-adventure, because but enough Blood, people... Bloodborne's a little bit more straightforward with the RPG elements than Yakuza 5 would be. Yeah, it is. You know? And that's that's blurred line enough that our writers were split on it. Enough of them voted for it for action adventure and enough of them voted for it for RPG for it to end up in both categories. In other words, somebody's a better arguer than somebody else. No, there was there was no argument there. It's just just that's what everybody voted. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't know because all this shit seems to happen when I'm not around. Yeah. So, I mean, it's fine. It it is what it is. It's never going to be perfect. It's with six hundred games and trying to narrow it down, and then trying to put those into a category. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to do, and it's not an easy thing to figure out where these things go. So that's why we did things like most unique experience, and you get everybody's gone to the rapture, and I am bread. And and Galaxy and things like that because where where else would those fit, you know, legitimately? Exactly. Yeah. And I those are games we want to recognize. We want to recognize the weird and the fun and the different and the interesting. So right. that's how this ended up. So it is what it is. You know, if if you, something's missing that you don't like, go to the forums, make your case. Tell everybody to vote for it and and do it yourself. Don't just sit and complain about it for hours on end. Go vote for it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, put your money where your mouth is and just go vote for it. It's that simple. So, you know, it is what it is. It's exciting though. I'm, I'm very excited to see. There's some categories where what I wanted did not get in. Yeah. Uh, And, 
you know, there's nothing I can do about it. I just, I went with the majority rules, you know, whatever everybody said, I was like, all right, that's what you guys want. And I just put it all in. Um, but there are a couple in there where I'm like, why didn't this game get in? Why didn't this game get in? I'm not complaining about it. I'm just, I'm putting my right in, you know, there there is no perfect way to do it. And no, there isn't. This is the way that we do it. And if you don't like it, either don't vote, do your write-ins, bitch about it endlessly on the internet, or go somewhere else. Yeah. I just, um, I don't have the time or the energy to to discuss it beyond that. <laughs> I right. mean, I, I was I was cordial and I was I was understanding. I, I feel I was cordial and understanding. Maybe yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't. I tried to be very fair and open about it and explain the process and explain why it was that way. And it is, it is what it is. And I'm not, I don't need to sit and explain it over and over and over again. I'm I'm done with that. I've explained it on Twitter. I've explained it endlessly on the podcast, on the podcast. I've explained it everywhere. It is what it is. If you don't like it, do a write in, get on the forums, make your point. Get everybody to write it in. So. Succinctly make your point. You don't have to do it everywhere at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. So, it's fine. It's yeah. exciting. I mean, yeah. I, I look at some of these and I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I really so, do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Every time I vote, I'm like, why? Oh, uh, all right, fine. And I vote, <laughs> for, I vote for what I want. So what are the rules this year? <laughs> uh, vote every day? Vote every, what, what? every 12 hours, again. Okay, you can do it every 12 hours. Um, when do the votes go until, uh, hang on. It's up at the top here. It is until polls will close Tuesday, January 19th at 11 PM Eastern. Okay. The results will be announced on episode four fifty nine. Yeah. If I feel like it, which no, I believe that gives you an extra week beyond that oh, to get oh, shit that's right then i gotta try to get people for interviews yeah Ow! and that's why i did that i uh, I, I think the way i i well what do, i need a calendar <laughs> <laughs> hang on what are we at uh this is 457 450 you gave me a week eight, i gave you a week god damn you sorry <laughs> shit but otherwise, we're going into the end of January. We're getting into February, and it, th- that gets a bit yeah, yeah, far. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be home that week too, which will but be I'll, nice. But I'll tell you what: I will look at them in those last couple days, and if there are runaways, yeah, if if it looks like you know there's no way anybody's catching this, because you can see trends. Oh. I yeah, I, and then somebody's going to have a massive write-in campaign. No, honestly, I'll look like an idiot. Because for the past couple of years, I look at them, you know, maybe once a day or whenever I think about it, I'll, I'll kind of glance and see where things are. And you can see trends and you can see things that start to run away. And if they start to run away in the first, you know, couple of days, that's generally the trend that right. it's not coming back. That's going to be the runaway vote and nothing's going to catch it because... That's the community consensus. They love this game. Yeah. So I'll have a general idea as well, nice it, as we is, get closer I'm, I'm for some home, of the categories. I'm anyway. going home for three weeks to start packing my house up, which means I'll have the mixer there and I can actually do our little drum roll 
And I can Ooh. do all. I can do the heart to heart theme like every year. Yes. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so I'll actually be home for all that, and I can set it all up with the mixer. Yeah. Because right. if I had to do it here at Rocks. Ugh. Yeah. So I'll I'll keep an eye out as we get closer. If it looks like there are a couple of runaways here and there, I will let you know what they are, so you can get onto those people. Cool. For uh, acceptance speeches right. and all. So get to voting, folks. Get it done. This is your vote. This is these are your awards. Seriously, these are not Josh. These are not me. These are your awards. Uh, like I said, anybody on our staff that votes, our vote counts exactly the same weight that everybody else's does. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to complain about it on the internet, that's fine. But make your voice heard. And the way to do that the most is to to get the votes for for the game you want. You know, talk I'll- people into it. Make your case. I'll tell you what, for people who desperately want to vote a lot, use multiple devices. Oh, jeez. No, multiple devices won't work. Uh, you'd have to be on different internets because the way that our website would read it would be your internet address, not your internal address. So it would read the address that's on your cable modem. So any device behind that would look like the same IP. Not if you're at work. Well, it, well, this, it's the same thing at work, though, because <laughs> still your company has an internet address. No, that, but you're at home and you're like, at Well, work. yeah, do it at work, do it at home. That's Do it at different locations. Yeah. You're going to use different, like use your phone on your phone's data instead of being on your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Because that'll be different. I'm just giving everybody a chance to get in more votes if they want. Yep, and our website comes up on most mobile browsers pretty easily. Yep. Just saying. So, there's a lot out there. There's a lot of votes to get through, and every 12 hours, man, everybody go, 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 go. Well, you know, you're sitting on the shitter, nothing to do. Go vote for the Golden Minecarts. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could be playing Little Big Planet 3 right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. All right. Uh... So, as I mentioned, are we done with the minecarts? We're done. Yeah. Right? All right. I, I think, well, yeah. Go ahead. But yet again, uh, just if you didn't hear for whatever reason, the last day of voting is uh, January 19th, folks. So 11 p.m. Done. Eastern. But, I mean, since we're here, let me just throw in okay. the um, around. Uh, the only other thing for around PS Nation really is amplitude <laughs> went up. <laughs> Uh, there's more than just that. The review for Amplitude? No. There is. Since our last recording? Yeah. What else? Um, Big Fest? That was January 2nd. We should have... Was it? Yeah. Well, that's weird because it's on the site way after I posted the podcast. The podcast was January 5th. No, it's on the site. No, 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 no. Oh, because yeah, you're looking yeah, Because yeah, Featured yeah, yeah, goes yeah, thrown yeah, up yeah. top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you're. I'm looking at the dates. All right. On the left hand side. All right. You can see the dates. No amplitude went up. The review for that went up. Um, there are like five or six other reviews sitting waiting to be done, but golden minecarts kind of needed to be done first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Right. Um, but I mean, we already did Keith. And we already did the Golden Minecarts, and we did. 
I wanted to just get amplitude up, so we're done with all that. And there we go. There no theme go. song this week. Too bad. Yep, too bad. All right. Uh, so as I mentioned, we have two different uh, interviews uh, for this show for uh, World of Tanks. Uh, so it's a it's a free to play <clears throat> game. It's been on a PC for a long time. It's also been on, on Xbox 360 and Xbox One. Finally coming to PlayStation, and uh, I got two full days at the studio uh, to talk to a bunch of the folks. And actually, the console version are made primarily at the studio in Chicago. Uh, And we kind of talk about the differences between the different platforms and kind of where it's heading now that it's going to be on all three, on PC, Xbox, and on uh, PlayStation 4. Uh, But first up, uh, we get to talk to a couple of the people that are in. uh, One was the sound designer. Uh, who has this insane office. I wish I would have gotten a good picture of it. Um, the picture just didn't turn out very well. And also just kind of uh, user user uh, uh, interface design, that sort of thing. Uh, so the first part of this interview is kind of hard to hear because they had the speakers up kind of loud for a few minutes until uh, we, we got them to mute it. But uh, really interesting stuff, especially on the sound design and how he even approaches it very differently than the PC uh, developers over in uh, over in Europe. So uh, take a listen to this. This is a few minutes on uh, the audio design and user interface for World of Tanks on PS4. Let's jump into, uh, well, these are the three options that we had. It's multiplayer, platoon, team training, and probing grounds. Uh, we're going to hop on multiplayer. Um, well, I think this is going to be a really amazing launch because in, for the previous consoles that we had, it's been worked on from the ground up, and now PlayStation 4 users are going to have the experience right from the get-go with HD tanks. We're going to be launching with three nationalities, the U.S., German, and Soviet. So that puts us at about 100-plus tanks available for our players right away. Uh, we want to make sure they do have the ability to play with as many tanks as they can so they can pretty much embrace themselves with how you know the, the game feels and it plays, especially when it's 15 versus 15. I don't know if you're all right with me chiming in to ask some questions as we go along. I don't want to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 please do. So three nationalities at launch. Am I correct that the PC version is seven? Yes, but those happened over a period of five years. Right, so, that, so it's like it's an ongoing thing. Yes, we're, I mean, we're going to continue to include nationalities as time yeah. goes. Uh, you, like Jamie said, compared to what World Tanks PC is to what we are right now, it's been a little bit close to two years where we already have, you know, the British tank line and... Uh, Chinese, Japanese, and we're going to continue to increase those uh, tanks as well as the ability to have unique tanks for the console market as well because we do have that ability. Um, We have the Freedom Tank. We also have the the Ripper. Then we have the National Tanks as well. And we're going to make sure that the content that it is on the other consoles matches exactly what we're going to have for PlayStation 4 in time. So is is it more limited because the console version is so different from the PC version? It's not just a port of the PC version over. Is, is it different in terms of kind of how it was developed and everything? Yeah, yeah, it was developed independently of the PC game. We share we share some resources and they all they all serve the same server tech, I guess. We all we all we're all on the same server, so um, the, you know, we borrow textures and models and some sounds from them, but ultimately, like, we crafted the entire thing it here wasn't like for the consoles. The yeah, it was, it's not a port from the PC. Okay. What are the regions that we're starting with, the three? Uh, uh, U.S., Soviet Union, and Germany. In Germany. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we don't have a KV-1. That's my favorite deck. <laughs> but we're going with a KV-2 to 20. 
video. So for a lot of people in this room, this is their first time seeing and playing because they're just suicides, so it's... In that case, I think it would be better if we go to probing grounds because that gives us more of a tour of what, you know, the tank the process goes by. Sure. Ah, no, okay, sorry. No! <laughs> I'm like, what did I do? There we go. We'll just go back there. Start your place. And we're going to do standard battle. The probing grounds, uh, that part of the game was created especially because of the new uh, fan base that we're going to be getting with, you know, the PlayStation 4. They're going to be pretty much placed in a battle and they might not exactly know what to do so we want to offer them a way so they can train they can get a feel experience in a you know less confrontational manner PC team, so we like we have different techniques of approaching it because they're a little bit more of the uh, I don't know Russian mentality when it comes to, to things. So like we we have two different like kind of approaches, and we combined forces to create like a big library of uh, like over twenty five tanks that we recorded. So. We know now, curious what's the Russian way. Uh, it's a little bit more uh, brutal, I guess, <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to put it simply. Okay. So you recorded twenty five tanks. As an audio designer, how do you approach deciding which parts of which tank best fit the tanks in the game? You know, since it's not one equivalency. Right, well, um, that cutting in and out strategy. Yeah, no, it's, it's the, the HDMI, the HDMI yeah. cable. Uh, the, uh, so, so the approach that, that the PC guys took, because they're the first ones to do it, yeah. uh, was to just pile as many mics on as possible and use like the highest fidelity mics. Um, so they, they just surround the tank with, with mics. They put them on every corner. They put one inside. We do the same thing, but we have a little bit more of like a musical approach to it in that we like use more dynamic microphones instead of condenser mics. So we get a warmer sound for, for some of the stuff. Like, uh, I hatched the idea to use an RX-D6 kick drum mic on the engine as like a dedicated subwoofer channel. between the PC audio team and, and us in North America is that, like, you know, we're a little bit more the American rock and rollers. And they're, they're more of the, like, they, they, do, they do lots of calculus before they even press record on anything. Very Yeah. And it's really cool to collaborate with them, too, because then we end up with like, a really awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome amalgamation of both. to get, like, every little part of the tank. Right? With the sound, are you... Uh, is this kind of, like... How much process are you... Are you 
techniques that need to be applied to recording stuff like this because particularly because it's so loud yeah. and when you record a bunch of loud sounds and put them all in at once you end up with a kind of it levels itself out you have a tendency you want to like turn it down so use a lot of multi-band compression on the uh, tank sounds and the gun sounds to kind of create nice swelling in the mix so that it doesn't become too fatiguing to listen to the explosion sounds are like a mixture of artillery guns, fireworks, uh, regular rifles, and uh, tannerite. It's like a binary explosive you can buy at gun stores. So you did get to blow some Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, I got destroyed. <laughs> that makes me want to learn how to do sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Now, is, is that something that you go out and do again, or are you kind of done with all the time? It's ongoing. So, like, we, we got the first, like, it's the HD push to, to get everything ready for the, you know, the current-gen platforms. And uh, we established, like, the, the, the kind of minimum minimum content requirement to get the games out. And now the rest of it is taking all that all those learnings and expanding the, the palette, as it were. So, as an on, like, an ongoing updates... Um, that's one of the cool things that the PlayStation's getting is they're getting all the work that we did before on a, determining how to approach this. So now you've got like all the cool work that we did, all the HD <laughs> recordings and and sound design, and we've got that that like workflow worked out going in to the release for PlayStation. So, so all the updates for the PlayStation for will be will be like you know uh, uh, in line with all the all the all the stuff that we've learned so far. Awesome. A, a sound question, actually. So you're having to come with for all these so many different ones especially as you go along and your upgrades and blah 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 um, do you find is, how necessary is it to differentiate tanks from one another I mean does your community you know I know some of them are sort of tank they are so a lot like, of them yeah. are super tank <laughs> so, yeah. blah 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 you know um, do you find that you know you're having to like really work to create right we had to come up with like a creative way to like have a, an expansive like palette of sounds for the tanks so that it's not the same sound for every tank and it's right. not just like three different tanks so what we ended up doing is like kind of breaking it up based on engine fuel type and engine displacement uh, and the gun sizes are all as well like kind of like it's all modular so when you swap the gun out it swaps the sound out with it yeah. uh, if you upgrade your engine you get you know you get, you get slightly it's like a different um, and it's all it's procedurally assigned to, assigned to the tanks and as we expand it it'll become more historically accurate all the time because we recorded like all the you know the the, uh, the iconic tanks like T-55 uh, the Sherman uh, you know we got a Hetzer we got um, a Stug uh, so like there are historically accurate ones, but then the ones that aren't historically accurate are taking the best parts right. of all the other tanks. Yeah, I was going to ask that because some of them are like concepts. Right. Remember, it's the concept things that never really existed right. or whatever, so you have to kind of be creative with, right. with that. Right. So, like. so it's all about like, like uh, having a particular pack of engine sounds and a particular pack of track sounds mm-hmm. and building up a library that way and then assigning them to tanks you know, in the most appropriate, mm-hmm. appropriate way. Um, more of a gameplay question. I see as we were watching that Rearguards match, some tooltips were coming up suggesting keep your allies alive for the, for the sheer fact that with allies alive, there's more volume of rounds on your team going out inflicting damage. So like, I'm thinking, in what ways does this differ from other cooperative slash competitive PvP games or multiplayer games? And how does tanks sort of change what I need to do, what I need to be thinking about? Um, 
It's a good question, and it's a thing that on the surface a lot of people don't know about tanks in general, including in, in this application, is that not all tanks are the same. They're not all just big, heavy monsters that just shoot each other until one of them dies. Um, there's a, a substantial strategic difference in how you play when you're using a light tank versus a medium tank versus a heavy tank versus an SPG. Uh, particularly, like, the relationship between light tanks and SPGs, which SPG is self, self-propelled gun. It's basically uh, artillery on tracks. It's not made for fighting directly against another tank. Um, so each class of tank has its own kind of approach that needs to, to be supported by the other players. And one of the great things about World of Tanks is that it's entirely based on how you interact with other players. And it's not only, you know, me taking a medium tank, being a hybrid between light and heavy. I've got my own different objective because of that, but other players need to treat me a little differently because of right. Yeah, right, the medium tank needs to Right, right. And with a, a, t- a team of mixed types of tanks, everybody's in a support role for everyone else, as it were. There's no... You can't really play, like... You can't go Rambo uh, in World of <laughs> Tanks and just try to plow straight through. And most people try that the first time they play, and... You know, there's they a little learn bit of quickly. a learning curve, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is essential for them to work together. You have experience now with World of Tanks on Xbox 360 and Xbox One. And you're moving to a new console with, to some degree, a new audience. The enemy is taking the base! style. Uh, I guess, what has the team learned from its time on Xbox? And how is that going to be the same or different on PlayStation? You know, what kind of lessons are you taking forward and then also do you anticipate anything being different about it? Well, you know, when we worked on uh, Xbox 360 and One, it was a high learning experience, mainly because we built this, t- you know, title from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to make sure that the PlayStation audience felt like they were included, so that's why we're taking the same considerations as we did on the other titles to make sure that whenever they up online and you know they have problems or issues or questions we're going to be supporting them as well as we're supporting the other titles um when it comes to the content i I know we're not the same as the other consoles but we're doing it quickly so they kind of have the same availability of tanks and content as the other titles that we have right now um just because we're on ps4 doesn't mean we're gonna stop continuing supporting other titles we're Taking everyone as the same, and we're going to continue to, you know, offer that support. Uh, we are very uh, committed to our community because they're building our titles as we are right now. Do you think PlayStation Four players will have any kind of different feedback than Xbox players have had in the past, or is that conversation going to? Um, no, because we actually have players that have played in PC and then they're moving to sure. you know PS4 and then we have the 360. They're like, oh, now I'm moving to PlayStation 4. You know, uh, similar things from all people when it comes to game feedback. Oh yeah, there. When it comes to the content, as Brendan was saying, they know these tanks and they're fans. And you know, most of our players are veterans, people in service, and they're they want to make sure that the title is as it is. And we're going to continue to listen for sure. They're they're our market. So the aim is pretty much at, at some point, Xbox One and PS4, I would say probably not PC, are probably going to be to a point where when you bring an update out, it's going to be the same on both consoles at the same yes, time? Yes, on both consoles for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Keep the content the same. <laughs> cool. All right. Is, is there anything exclusive on PlayStation 4? Or are you adding anything new? That- the two tanks that we're going to have on the beta, it's the T1E6PS 
that's a PlayStation exclusive. It does have a PlayStation skin. Uh, you'll be able. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, I, you're gonna see it tomorrow in beta, and it looks yeah. amazing. And then we have the Locust. Yeah, the T20 Locust. Yeah. Is it M22? Yeah, the, the Locust. T- is it T22 or M22? M20. M20. It's hard to remember all the names of these tanks. There's so many tanks. <laughs> That's my favorite tank. So. <laughs> it looks. The one that's out, right? Yes, yeah, to yeah. celebrate the original PlayStation yeah. console. That's a, really, that's a good scout tank. And over the time crunch, I have one more than our life. Um, there's going to be a, an influx of new players on the move to PlayStation. So, has it caused the team at all to take? I know there's a, a new player guide on the website, but mm-hmm. have you have you taken a look at all about you know what it feels like to be a new player and what that entrance is like? And are we maybe have you noticed anything about the process? Any changes? That's one of the les- lessons that we learned on the other two consoles when mm-hmm. we launched in 360. That we kind of prepared for the Xbox One players, and now we are beyond super prepared for the PlayStation 4. So we have program grounds, we have guides. We have the Tankopedia, all the stats and all the portal services having up. We're going to be implementing in the future clans. Uh, as we transfer to PlayStation 4, all the availability and social media portals are going to be available for them cool. uh, to connect right away. So they're going to be pretty much given all the doors, and they just have to open, kind of go through them. Okay. And is there in-game chat? If you're not using a party system on the PS4, is there in-game chat so the team can talk to each other? Yes. Show? Yeah. Okay. And does it do any type of ducking? Yes, and that's uh, controllable in the uh, options menu. You can control okay. the amount of ducking. So there's some people that just squash the game audio entirely right. when, when they use it. Uh, <laughs> or people that turn it off altogether. Which, obviously, yeah. we wouldn't want to do because that audio design is so great. Yeah, it's tough, though. You know, I mean, like, I, and I understand this because our game is so heavy on teamwork that, like, yeah. a lot of people are really talking to each other more than they're listening to the game. I hate right. that, yeah. actually. Ten-year-olds yelling at you. But it's different. I mean, if you actually get on with people that want to play the game, like right. as a team, it, I know. It's or really. You hear someone's terrible techno playing. Yeah, through. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've heard a few ten-year-olds that were just destroying the whole team. They're like, well, "Who's this kid? We need him on our team." <laughs> we are actually there's a, a, a one of the components in the game is the radio on your on your tank, and it affects how. How you can communicate like virtually with the other players. Okay. Um, voice chat works across the board, no matter what. And we toyed with the idea briefly of being like, if your radio gets damaged, then your voice chat stops oh. working. Yeah, or, it's, it, or we could do some de- exactly. It's cool <laughs> in theory. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if yeah, we, we, we tested some stuff like that. It kind of depends on how <laughs> yeah. hardcore. Yeah, right? how far you want to take this in terms of simulation versus game. You should have like a hardcore mode that has that. It's 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 we've we've done some testing on it, so it's not off the table. You know, I'm all about taking it as far as we can. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks very much uh, to those folks for talking to us. Uh, like as you heard, it was a roundtable discussion. Kind of, we were supposed to have individual interviews originally when this was all set up, but uh, there was a huge contingent of people from Asia there, and our schedules really got kind of mushed around a little bit. So we kind of all talked between ourselves and we said, yeah, the round tables are fine. Uh, so who you heard, we had a member of uh, PlayStation lifestyle there. We had somebody from PlayStation universe, uh, also somebody from hardcore gamer and, um, uh, another woman that's a freelancer. I didn't hear who she was there for though. I don't know who she was writing for. So, um, the other two audio clips that you'll hear one this at the end of the show or a little bit later in the show. And then also one next week, uh, you'll hear those same people doing the roundtable as well, but uh, the audio actually turned out pretty decent. So I I went there kind of ready to do individual, so I had all the microphones and everything, and I really didn't have a time 
to set things up for the audio properly, so I was a little worried, but sounds like it turned out all right. So on to what we're playing and watching and stuff and junk, and I have a feeling that Josh and I both have kind of smaller lists this week. Yep. But I'll start. Obviously, out of World of Tanks beta, uh, which we were actually playing the beta at the studio, so we weren't playing anything different. Uh, but then I got home and I played the beta quite a bit this weekend and uh, having a, a really good time with it. And, and <clears throat> some of the understanding uh, of the things you'll hear in more of this audio uh, this week and next week, they they describe things that I didn't even know about the game. Like I was telling Josh before the podcast how they even have uh, like a figure inside of each tank that you never see but there's like a figure for the driver and there's like uh, an outline of where the transmission is and where the engine is. And if your shell pierces the armor and hits any of those, it actually takes them out, which I never would have known. And it's funny because it, it makes me play the game a little bit differently now because you try to look for those pinpoint spots to try to hit, try and hit. Um, I also love, you know, you'll you'll hear a little bit more about this in the in the second half uh, tonight uh, when we talk to uh, the, the lead artist about how detailed they get on these tanks. I never realized that they're trying to stay very historically accurate with every one of these tanks. So almost every tank in the game, except for I believe one in the training, is taken from plans of real tanks. Yeah. Be That's it tanks cool that came out or not. So there's, there's actually prototype stuff that they have the drawings for and then they have the plans for that they're building in the game as well. So it's, it's really cool to see a lot of this stuff. Uh, one thing I really do love about the game is the audio design, man. He is talented as shit. This, it's, it's basically one sound designer for the entire game. And they did use some assets from the PC game, but he's been doing pretty much everything they needed to do for all the tanks in the console versions too. And, you know, wearing headphones, just a really rich audio design, which is surprising for a free-to-play game. Uh, but this is a, a game and a series. You know, they've got World of Planes and World of Warships on, on PC. These games do extremely well for this company. Uh, they have big world championships in Europe every year. Um, you know, it, it's obviously there, there are things to buy in the game, but they don't make it. Uh, or they don't force you to buy anything. You know, there's certain things like premium tanks that you only get when you buy them with real money, but you don't have to have them. Uh, if you learn the mechanics of the game, you can do very, very well on this. But let's be honest, the grind is real if you don't want to spend money. So uh, the cool thing is we're going to have some founders packs, they're called, uh, I believe, on launch day. And we're going to have some packs to give away. And apparently some of these, I, I guess they range from around... 40 to 50 bucks up to like 125 bucks with premium content. So maybe set your schedule if you're interested in this game, even come play with me. Uh, we can have a platoon of five people going uh, for, you know, to, to earn XP and money and everything else. Uh, but, you know, in the chat, we're probably going to be giving away some of these packs. Might be worth your while if you're interested in this game. Just saying. Yep. Also played some more Rocket League. Uh, seems to they've been seeming to have some uh, server issues the last couple of days though some matchmaking issues. It's been acting pretty funky. So playing it, but not playing a lot uh, the last couple of days especially. But still playing that game regularly. So I can't I can't help it. I'm, I'm just addicted. And then uh, for some reason, 
I let Jenny as a boy and Vladrick and those guys talk me into joining their online connected league in Madden NFL 16. So joined it, played a game yesterday. Holy shit. I think that game actually has computer assistance like NBA jam. I think it does actually. It's like I was doing really well, but all of a sudden, like I would get down to the red zone and Aaron Rodgers would throw to an, a seemingly open wide receiver. And all of a sudden I would see a defender run twice as fast as he can and intercept the ball. I had five interceptions in the red zone with Rodgers. Uh, just ridiculous. And they have a theory because apparently no home game or no home team has won yet in the entire league. And Wait. sure enough, I was at Lambeau and I didn't win. Oh, in, in your league? Yeah, in our little, it's the connected huh. online league. Not a one, apparently, that's what they were saying yesterday at least. Not a one home team has won yet. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know why I let them talk me into that. I, all I was doing was just pissing them on and swearing and cussing yesterday when I was playing it. But anyway. And then uh watched a couple things. Uh, John Wick again, because that game, that movie is next to perfection. Yeah. It was on, and I just got caught up in it again. It's it so fucking so good. Good. I caught it yesterday, right when it was starting, and I couldn't. It, it's it's like Bloodborne, or not Bloodborne, um, Bloodsport with Jean Claude Van Damme. If if Bloodsport's on, even if you are flipping the channels at four in the morning when you wake up in the middle of the night, if Bloodsport's on, you, it's a rule you have to watch it. Well, you? No, you, everybody, every no. any man has to watch that. No, it, it's Bloodsport, dude. Kumite. No. Very good, but brick not hit back. Come on. Uh, but John Wick is becoming that movie for me as well. And I, I just, man, it's it's next to perfection. It really is. It's so freaking solid. I love it. Uh, and then uh, on the train, so I took a train down to Chicago, which was uh, really cool. It's called the Hiawatha Line. It goes from Milwaukee down to Chicago. Uh, it's only like 20 25 bucks. They have power in the train. They have they have uh, Wi-Fi in the train. It only has three other stops, and you get down there in an hour and ten minutes with no traffic. It's it's pretty outstanding. Um, I watched uh, Ted Two again because uh, I bought the disc and I ripped the DVD and put it on my tablet. And the extended version is awesome. Obviously, Josh doesn't give a shit because it's Seth MacFarlane, but uh, there's actually an entire scene uh, in the Comic Con section at the end of the movie. Where it's David Hasselhoff on stage doing a, a like a panel, and he's up there with Kit, and Kit's talking too, like Kit's sitting next to him, and he starts. Uh, it, I, I don't want to spoil it, but it's awesome. It's it's so well done. So anybody that likes Seth MacFarlane, check out Ted Two. It's hilarious. It's awesome. It's a great movie. Very funny. Come on, Morgan Freeman's in it. It's got to be good. I'm Morgan Freeman. But that's it for me. I literally was kind of just caught up in, uh, like I said, editing Tuesday night. And then I was in Chicago from Wednesday to Saturday. Um, I had to work Sunday, Packer game Sunday, and today's Monday. So didn't have a lot of time. And it's snowing outside. So that's it for me. All right. Well, um, so essentially... Uh, I played some Madden. Okay. Which is why I I am with you on the uh, rubber banding there because oh I've God. I've seen it more because I've been playing it more. Like um, I was stopping the team from getting any yards at all. 
they got one touchdown on me uh, defensively in the in the first half. They didn't get near the red zone. All of a sudden, I get ahead of them, and they marched down the field on me. Every See, single play was for at least ten yards. And it's funny. I I don't know if they do that. I I kind of get the feeling they do that if you don't quote unquote play the game the right way. You know. Well, no. They but also they've got the leagues set on one above the normal, whatever it's called. Like yeah, uh, but and I think that's was, part of it too. But this was the year that they changed everything with the passing. And, you know, you could pass high, you could pass down at the guy's feet, you could do all these special things to keep it away from the defenders, essentially. Yeah. Um, And I went through all the training on that, and I played the games like that, my early games like that, and I was doing really well. Well, you know, it gets set aside, I'm doing other reviews, I'm doing other things, I come back to it, and I forget how to do all that, and I just try to play, and, and then I'm tossing up interceptions left and right. Right. It's it's insane. Um plus, you know, I'll I'll be driving downfield and like one of the games I played two games the other day. So the one uh I got a field goal and a safety. So I'm up five nothing. Uh-huh. Um then I got a touchdown. So I'm up, what is that 12 math? Nothing. 12 nothing at that point. Um, <laughs> and I'm just dominating them. Like they cannot, it's three and out for them almost every single time. Like the first, their first set of plays through the game, they got downfield and they were trying to drive into the end zone and I ended up stopping them. Um Maybe that was the other game. All right. Mm. I'm confusing the two games because I was beating them 12 nothing. Um, this, this last game. And there's maybe a minute and a half to go in the game. Right. And suddenly I cannot stop them. Suddenly they're driving yep. downfield. They're getting these ridiculous catches. I literally, I came in and it looked like I had the quarterback sacked. Yeah. And he got away. And he ran off to the side and he got this pass off all the way downfield, like a 60 yard pass downfield. And Jesus. yeah. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And I stop and I, I go through the replay and I rewind. My guy hit his legs. His legs came out from under him and he was falling and his legs just kind of popped right back under him and he started running away. And I was like, yeah, he was this, down. This he, is their idea of balance. That's the problem. <laughs> I saw this. I'm like, he was fucking sacked. That was bullshit. Wow. The, the AI just decided, uh, let's put those legs back under him and let him run away. Come on. <laughs> he was, there's no way from the momentum of that and from where I hit him, he was on his way down. Yeah. There's no way he was recovering from that. Yeah. Uh, it just, it annoyed me. Um, well, but I still. to me a lot. Yeah, I ended up winning the game anyway, but like I'm I don't know that I can complain so much. I mean, my team is um 11 and 3. Damn. Am I that far into the season? I think I'm 2 and 1 right now. Um I think we're 11 and 3. And 
It's funny because every time I see Chip Kelly on the sidelines, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then I, I love seeing the reports that he's interviewing in like San Francisco and everything. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> well, but his scheme with Kaepernick might work better, actually. If Kaepernick's still there at the uh, next year, but that's the, the thing. The the only thing is they cannot – he can be the coach. That's fine. Do not let him be the GM <laughs> exactly. because he fucking gutted the Eagles and now he's gone and the yep. Eagles are left with a mess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I started to see rubber banding in my last couple games here because I would be yeah. – I would – get out ahead and I would be doing well defensively. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I just can't do anything to stop them. They're, they're just dominating me and just making these ridiculous passes. And then I'll have these things where I get the ball and I'm like, okay, I run a lot. Um, but I try to mix in some passes every now and then, but nearly every single pass I throw ends up being an interception. Or if not that, my guy has it in both of his hands. He takes like four steps and all of a sudden drops it. Yeah. Like, come on. All of mine are interceptions, though. Like, I have the touchdown to interception ratio is like touchdown to interception. For me, it's like one to four. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely absurd. I know the Packers haven't been great lately, but it was just so far beyond the norm. In that one game, I just, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm dealing with that, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. I do like every time I start to play it, I'm like, I really should go back through a little bit of the training and figure out that passing again. Yeah. Because it would make the game so much more enjoyable. It it was really amazing. I mean, when you do it and you know the controls and you do that right, it's, it's phenomenal. You really have control over the offense and it feels so much better. It felt revolutionary. Yeah. But you step away from it for a while. You forget how to do it and, and you just get lazy and you're like, ah, fuck it. You know, <laughs> you just don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I need to get back to that and figure it out because, I mean, I have a chance to like move into the playoffs and do well here. But if if it's going to rubber band like that, I'm going to get my ass kicked in one of these games <laughs> at some point, you know? Uh, the other, the, the first game I had played, I was beating them just barely. And it came down to that where it was like, they got the ball with like two minutes to go. I'm like, Oh fuck this. If these guys (laughs) fucking win this game after all of that, I'm going to be so furious. Um, because I had been holding them the whole game and it looked like they were going to come back and win this. I, I ended up holding them off, but still, Ugh. Cause that they, they tried to go for it on fourth down and I ended up sacking the quarterback. So I was swearing up a storm. I'm like, why did I let you talk me into doing this? You asshole. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, that and, um, well, what I was talking about with Mason, we came back, we were, Oh, what? No, actually that was Thursday night. Um, Thursday night, we had to go out for something. Lou had to pick something up for her sister and we were in Best Buy and, um, 
she's waiting in the line to pick up and Mason and I started walking around and you know, we went into the video game section and two guys are playing Lego Marvel superheroes on the Xbox. Okay. The old game, not the one that's Lego Marvel Avengers is coming out. Right. Right. Um, so he's looking at it and he's like, what's that? And I said, that's Lego Marvel superheroes. We have that at home. We've played that. He's like, can we play it now? I'm like, well, we can't play it now. They're playing it. It's like, can we play it when we go home? I said, sure, we can play it when we go home. So we finally come home and he's like, can we play it? Can we play it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go get it. And I'm like, wait, I have to make sure the save is, you know, the most recent save. <laughs> the most recent save for it was 2014. Oh my God. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, no wonder you don't remember us playing it. Yeah, no kidding. He was he was like six months old. <laughs> like you were no, I'm like you were a year and a half at this point, yeah. or two years old. I'm like, okay, so you vaguely remember this. Um, so we put it in and we played a level essentially. Okay, and and half of another level because he didn't want to stop and I was having too much fun. <laughs> And I was like, all right, you got to go to bed, kid. Um, so we stopped. But It's one in the morning. Go to bed already, child. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was fun, though. It's I like that because I like that I get to go back to these games that I didn't finish, that I wanted to finish, and now it's giving me a reason Sure. You know, to really go back and play these games. So I like it. It's fun. Cool. Uh, plus, that's a really good game. Uh Okay, so that's really all I played. All right. Um, I watched uh, John Wick, too, of course. Um, <laughs> of course, because John Wick's awesome. And something else. But uh, last night, we got him to bed early, and um, I gave Lou like a whole handful of movies. I said, here, pick from these. <laughs> and John Wick was one of them. <laughs> nice. And, uh, she picked gravity and I was like, cool. All right, I'll do that. Cause I haven't seen that in a while. Um, so we watched it and it ended. She was like, that was pretty far fetched. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> not really. I said, they, they got, like a lot more right than they did wrong. I mean, of course yeah. the whole premise that a satellite's going to blow up and it's going to hit the shuttle and the space, that's not going to happen because they're in drastically different orbits. Well, but sure. I mean, you need the drama there. So just go with that. And yeah, I mean, there's stuff here and there that's absurd, but for the most part, it was pretty good with its science. It was actually really good with its science. But was it a comedy? Yeah. Uh, well, that was the thing. She's like, well, do we have the Martian? I said, not yet. It'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> Cause I did order that because get ready to laugh. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the thing. I mean, I know I read the book. I know there's humor in it because he's, he's the jokester. He's the right, jokester right. of the crew and he's a smart ass, but he's on his own the whole time. And in his logs, he's cracking jokes the whole time. It's not a comedy though. Nice. It's a 
it's a serious drama that this guy is trapped on Mars and he could die. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> it is. That they called it a comedy and it won for comedy and he won best actor in a comedy. And <laughs> uh. <laughs> Come on. I, I really hope the, the Oscars kind of get that right. <laughs> yeah, me too. But yeah. Um, so that's all I can remember. I know there was something else uh, big that I watched, and I don't know what it is. And we're not talking about David Bowie at all. No, we're not. Which is, it's funny because, you know, that final album came out on Friday. Yep. And it was like this experimental thing with a, a bunch of jazz music, musicians and everything. I actually bought it on Friday. Hmm. And all of a sudden, Bowie dies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was never a huge Bowie fan. Um, I I didn't buy all of his stuff, but I do own some of his stuff because some of it's really good. Well, and see, that was the thing. I was never, like I had heard it all growing up, and it just wasn't, I was into different music at the time. Yeah. And as I got older, I'm like, ah, that, you know, I've heard it a billion times. I don't care. It's just, it is what it is. And then for some reason, I had one of the greatest hits ones and I put headphones on yeah, and I listened to it and it was like, I had never heard it before in my life <laughs> because with headphones on, it changed everything. Oh the, yeah. The spatial use of the audio in his music was unreal and it made it a whole different thing for me. And it actually opened my eyes to a lot of, it. I was like, Holy shit. This was I don't know, six or seven years ago, whenever it was, when I did mm. this. So, so I liked, you know, there's stuff of his that I do like and that I really do like. And I always thought he was just a cool guy. I liked him as Nikola Tesla. And yeah. uh, he was awesome as Tesla. He was. Uh, I didn't, at first, I'm like, is that? No, that's not. Holy shit. Is, oh, yeah. That is David Bowie. What the fuck? Yeah, he was <laughs> really good. Yeah, he just popped. I had no idea he was in that. And he just kind of just popped up. I was like, wow. <laughs> um, but and yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of people recognize him from Labyrinth, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah. And uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen him in movies. He was a good actor. He was actually yeah. a really good actor. Um, one of my favorite things, and I retweeted you know, an article about it, was when he was in extras with Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Um, the two of them wrote that, like Ricky had met him at some point and, you know, he was starting to do extras and he said, do you want to come on? And they wrote the song together. Uh, but it's one of the funniest things because it just tears into him. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It is perfect for that point in the show. Uh, that his character runs into David Bowie and he's talking to him about, you know, selling out and, you know, how tough it is to, to make it in the business without selling out and everything. And, yeah. and not maliciously, you know, Bowie is just doing his thing and just kind of writes this horrible song about him. <laughs> I, I've seen a, um, a YouTube video of it or something. Mm. Because I haven't seen that show all the way through yet, but yeah. Oh, fuck, it's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. Um, yeah, so... And and I saw a thing that um, 
Ricky had actually written about like this big, uh, whatever it was saying, you know, this is my relationship. This, you know, I was born here. I first heard David Bowie here. I did this. I did the blah, 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 you know, and he gets to the end and the ending was amazing. He said a couple of years ago, he had sent him an email that said, um, I forget how old he was at the time, like 58 or 62 or whatever it was at the time. Uh, Let's just say 62. And he says, geez, 62 already. Isn't it time you got a real job? (laughs) And he signed it. Ricky Gervais, 45 comedian. Nice. (laughs) And Bowie wrote back. I have a real job. David Bowie, 52 or 62 rock God. Nice. (laughs) That's that's all he sent him back, which is just awesome. awesome. (laughs) So yeah, it sucks. I mean, we lose Lemmy last week, lose David Bowie this week. Facebook is just rife with, uh, with pictures of both. Yeah. uh, All that stuff. But yeah, it's been a pretty bad like month and a half for musicians. Yeah. <clears throat> Sucks. So. All right. Well, are we ready for a break? Sure. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll have part two uh, of the three different interviews that I have for World of Tanks. We'll uh, do a quick Extra Life update, and uh, we'll hit the emails. We'll be right back. We're back, and as promised, here is the second of three audio uh, interviews that I've got. Like I said, next week, uh, we'll put the third piece on because it's a little bit longer. Uh, This one is actually pretty interesting. It's all about not only uh, how the currency and the experience and everything work in the game, but also some of the the event types that that they'll run. So kind of think Destiny with the daily and the weekly, that sort of thing. They do the same thing, uh, just in different ways, obviously, in World of Tanks. And uh, we had the man that runs all that stuff uh, to talk to for a little bit. So check that audio out right now. I'm Steve Braden. I'm, my, my title's publishing associate, but that really doesn't describe what I do. Okay. So uh, I mainly work with our server side events. So how you would see that in our game is special in-game missions, special in-game bundles that we, uh, that we offer the player that might have tanks, uh, cool equipment bundled all together. And we give them that at like a, a discount. 
Uh, and we also have a mission system that has ops and special events that uh, the players can do to maybe earn uh, extra experience, extra silver in game, which is one of our main currencies, uh, to help their progression along a little bit faster. So faster. It's, it's not necessarily okay. Fifteen v fifteen tank battles over and over and over again. It's you know sometimes you'll have different missions and objectives during those. Or sure, events will come up. Of course, the fifteen on fifteen tank battles are there, right? Um, but these are if you want to think of it as a metagame, sure. So you can select a bunch of different operations. As you complete those, you'll get a notification of the game, hey, you've also earned this silver or you've completed this mission, and here's your reward. Like I said, sometimes that's experience, sometimes that's silver, um, but everything's going to help you either unlock that next tank or pay for that next tank in your progression. So, And we, we try to have a bunch of different um, uh, missions that you can choose from so that they might... Uh, cater to a t- different playstyle, right? So we'll have some that might be great for heavy tanks, some that might be great for medium tanks, some that might be great for uh, artillery. Um, but the cool thing is we generally don't restrict it. So, like, if you want to uh, play and try to do that in a tank that maybe that wasn't the best tank to, to do it in, that's cool. You can totally try and do that. So if you want to try to uh, maybe scout in artillery, have at it. Good luck. And if you do it, that might be a little bragging right for you. So. Yeah, well, people try it. I mean, in our, I don't know how familiar you guys are with World of Tanks, but something that's fun to do sometimes, though, is maybe you are the last guy in the game and you happen to be in artillery. Well, yeah. artillery are not frontline brawlers generally, right? <laughs> but you can do go tank destroyer mode and maybe try to bring that bring big gun up up to the front lines. It's an all-or-nothing proposition at that point, though, because you have hardly any armor, right? But if you hit the, the other tank, good chance you're going to... So the, do some damage. The goals and objectives mm-hmm. uh, are they kind of dynamic? Are you paying attention to how players are playing and then coming up with new kind of missions and meta games based on that information? Sometimes, I mean, we do look at um, like data, like hard data, and try to make decisions that way. But a lot of the ways we we generate these event ideas are from the player base itself, from what people say in the forums, um, from our in-house gameplay expert, and from all of us here at the studio who also are hardcore players of the game. Um, I like to think that we have a very um, short line from the forums to things that actually get in the game a lot of times. Um, we have player experience specialists. You guys met Arlette? That's one of her things. She's always on the forums pulling those good ideas out of the players out of the player base. Uh, we have a, another person here that I mentioned, the gameplay expert, who was a player first then was brought in to work with us. And he always has good ideas. Or I might say, what's a good reward for this? What might someone prefer doing? And he's like, well, I'm on the forums a lot, and also as a player, I would rather do this. I would rather see it done this way. And we'll go, okay, that sounds cool. We'll try that. So that's where the ideas generally come from. So were you like the guy who was behind that? I think one recently you did some kind of video contest. No. With this rear tank. <laughs> no? Uh, so video, some, some contests are outside the game. Okay. So, so we deal with ones mainly that um, are put on the server. So okay. if it's something like maybe a forum or a community-driven contest, that would be the community team. Ah. Yeah. Okay. I like to think anything that's successful is somehow... <laughs> Yours? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Well, so it, it's kind of multi-layered from what it sounds like. Sure. Is there something that happens for, for example, like for a week you have, you have to get certain objectives done. Yeah. Is there yeah. also something uh, like more metagame uh, centric where it's a, lot, a month long or even a year long? It's, it's interesting you say that. A lot of the uh, conversations we have with players are, are just that point. How long do you want to see these type of operations, sure. right? So we have some that might be daily repeatables, right? Um, and 
and we might have some that do run a month long or maybe a couple weeks. We'll have week longs, and we're always playing with those time frames. One, to have variety. You don't want to see the same thing day in and day out. We do have a set of operations that um, maybe like a large pool, if you will, like several that you do see more than once but sometimes those are custom made for the month to give the players something special but we also feel that players do like to log in and be familiar with things sometimes too so maybe there's an op you like that was just maybe go out and destroy five tanks and you're like man I can't wait till that one comes back because that was my favorite one to just log in and do every day yeah so those might come back every now and then Um, but we're we're playing with time frames all the time so and then you you also said silver seems to be the most uh Kind of the base thing that you know everything's based off the off the silver. Uh, you said experience points also is that the star that we see up there? So uh, the star is uh, what's called uh, free experience. Okay. Um, the the silver is obviously silver. The the gold is gold. Um, so free experience is experience that you can spend in any way you want inside the game. Okay. So generally, what we'll give you is tank experience, which is on your tank, and that is used to progress that tank down the tech tree. Okay. Um, the sil- so we'll give a lot of times experience and we'll give silver free experience not generally um, but it's not unheard of I mean, we every now and then we've done that but it's it's a little more rare of an item that we really want the player to think about how they earn that free experience and take it off the tank they want rather than just something we let them earn okay um, but that's what that is that's that's free experience there so is there anything else you, you mentioned maybe items or something yeah so, so a lot of times we'll award consumables and consumables are something that you actually use in game let's say you throw a tread because someone knocked it off in game you can quickly use that consumable to get back in the fight we might give you as a reward a first aid kit you have a, a, a crew member knocked out in the fight you know you use that first aid kit and that guy's back in the fight sure. uh, so we'll, we'll often have consumables be those rewards as well cool um, sometimes we'll have like static bonuses like so you'll say okay do this you'll get 10,000 silver or you might have factor bonuses right and if you play those factor bonuses right that might be a really great reward at the end of the battle so it might be times uh, two silver instead of just a static bonus so it's based on how well you did in the game not just you just barely completed it here you go and you know sometimes those are more rewarding other times it's like ah man but that's the fun of it uh, daily repeatables and, and seasonal events, mm-hmm. uh, they're not a strange thing in what we think of a massively multiplayer game. Sure. So beyond just forum feedback and feedback from mm-hmm. players, do you look at any other games that have done it successfully or done it not so successfully and say, here's what players like, here's what they don't like? We're always looking at our peers and we're always seeing what other people are doing. Um, Which is interesting yeah. to you because there are no tank combat peers, right? There are no, in, at least in the massively multiplayer space, there are very few vehicular mm-hmm. Combat. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're players of all games, right? Mm-hmm. We want to have as wide a base of reference as we possibly can. So that's, a, that's something we're always doing. And, and, you know, I can't speak to what their data shows, but I can speak to what we like and what we don't like. And I'm not going to name anyone's specific game. But we try to draw influence where we like things, and we try to say, eh, we didn't really like how that went, and we'll try something different. Right. Um, so, sure, yeah, that's valid. I would are say that the happens. motivations for the special builds of... Like the silly ones that are sort of like underwater, or, you know. Those motivations come from all places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in the deep recesses of our brain. Go but over pretty well. I mean, they're pretty, pretty, I think they're really funny. I guys. think they go over really well. Yeah. The players seem to think they go over well in the forums when mm-hmm. we do things like that. But um, I'm, I, I, since I'm not an artist, it's probably best to have an art person tell you okay. where those inspirations come from because a lot of times those are tank driven, right? Mm-hmm. On the look of the tank. But right. I've heard some pretty crazy ideas, and I think the best ones come to the forefront. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we have some really cool. Of, if I can interject, just to, sure. to kind of give yeah. um, some props to this office, is all that stuff, like those those wacky ideas come from their brains here, and they come yeah. up with it, and they implement it on 
just the console experiences. And so the yeah. PC players kind of get a little jealous because they're doing all these really innovative things over here. <laughs> They've actually done stuff and come up with ideas um, like the ribbon system, which are being implemented into warships and tanks and the other games because, you know, have a new fresh set of eyes sure. on a game that we've already been working on in the, in Minsk and Europe for so long, but they're doing a lot of really fun things. So like, yeah, a lot of that, you know, he's being a little humble, but all that, that funny, fun <laughs> stuff, like those game modes go over extremely well. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's really cool that they've brought that to the table with us. And I think the great thing about those game modes is that they really allow players to blow off steam, right? So you go in there, you're not really worried about winning or losing at that point. You're just enjoying it. And I think it's great to just kind of break, break up what is already an awesome game with some just wacky game modes that you can get in there and just appreciate just for what it is. Not worry about your progression, not worry about your stats, but get in there and just have fun. And so I think that, those modes do a great job with that. Is there anything else? Like, uh, I, I played a little bit on Xbox One before I came this week. Uh, I know that there's customization stuff that's mm-hmm. available in the game, and you usually have to spend gold on it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything like that that can be earned in some of these events? Um, not in terms of customization, not yet. Okay. Um, that's definitely something that's on our radar, and if we can ever do something like that, we would like to... You know, we'd like to maybe try those things. Nothing right. for sure yet, but it's definitely something that's been suggested before in the forums. Sure. Um, so I wouldn't say no, but I don't have a timetable for when we okay. do something like that. I mean, you, you would, uh, I guess I'm coming from recently, exactly Destiny, every yeah, now yeah. and then, where you get a special uh, shader if you c- complete some stupid quest or whatever. Yeah, right, like special skins, special yeah. emblems, things like that. Yeah. Sorry, I heard okay. interrupt here. We got uh, Andy, is our lead artist, too. He's going <laughs> to sit in with you guys. Hey, Andy. Hi, Andy. Hey, hello. Do you want more space, or do you want more space? Yeah, more space. <laughs> so, are, are you... Do you tend to play it safe with ideas, or do you push the boundaries until people like the artists are going, what the hell are you doing? Please stop. This is way too extreme. There's no way we can implement this. Well, if you're, if you're talking about um, in-game ops and missions and bundles and things like that... Um, We'll, we'll push some boundaries as, as far as we can, but if we think it's something that players aren't going to want to do, like if we look at it as a, as a gamer or as a player of our game, we say, this is just ridiculous. We're probably not going to do it. Um, I, I can't speak from the art direction, you know, the art side of things, sure. but I mean, I'm sure you guys get a ton of ideas. We do. We get a ton yeah. of ideas all the time, but we always have to remember that the game has to run, and it has to be able to fit on your hard drive in your console. So that's, a, that's another limitation. So. And if you could just give uh, a brief... Sorry, I'm Jamie from the from the okay. scope side. Sure. Just kind of a brief intro of what you do and sure. how the art process works here. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm a senior artist in charge of tanks, so I'm the guy that like makes sure that the tanks look the way they look in game. Um, as far as uh, the process goes, in house um, making tanks or just uh, what do you mean? I don't know. Just kind of yeah, like your what you day to day. Yeah, day to day. So um, I oversee the the creation and completion and implementation in game of all tanks. So um, from the inception of like, hey, these guys want to bring a tank from from the World War II into our game, and I'll be like, yeah, but we have to make sure we have to run through historians and all that stuff. So basically, the process of going through the historical vetting, the creation of the tank, um, the back and forth of what the tank's actually going to finally look like, what paint ends up on the tank. Um, what what kind of tracks end up on the tank? All that stuff. So we we I oversee all of that. So it's it's a little uh, crazy, but it's actually uh, it's a really cool job. Did Sony have to bend your arm to get the custom PlayStation paint scheme on the? No. Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, there needs to be something. So when you talk about historical vetting, uh, mm-hmm. d- do you take trips to see the actual tank sometimes, or 
Uh, how far? How far do you go to try far, to get? Yeah, I personally go. Um, so we have we have uh, in-house historians actually okay. that that have um, access to on the uh, on the Russian side access to all the files from from Russia, and we have uh, American and British. Um, historians and these guys actually uh, have gone to all the archives and pulled all the re- relevant information for every single tank that we have in our game. It's crazy. They have like dossiers on each tank, so it's pretty cool. And I heard in the in the last session uh, that there may be some tanks that are kind of not real, but you guys still do like concept. Sure, or something like right. That. So is it something like maybe the Super Tiger or? I mean, sure. is it stuff that may have been out there, or is it something you you guys come up with yourself? Um, these are actually historically um, created concept tanks that they created for like whatever uh, nation they were being created for. Okay. So America may have had a, actually one a one off tank that they created sure. as a concept that they were going to think about potentially using in a, in, a, in a conflict, and they never they never actually used it and never saw battle um, uh, service or, or, or uh, never saw the actual uh, road in a war, but we go and we create it from the plans, actually, that they have in the archives. Is that difficult to implement because, I mean, obviously if it was just a concept and it never actually saw the light of day, there mm-hmm. was something that wasn't effective about it for... A combat scenario. Or sure. It didn't see the light of day for some sure. reason. So is it difficult to make it relevant to the battle? Um, not really. Actually, what's really crazy is there's so much technical information on the tanks. There's all the armor uh, information, the type of gun it had, the type of engine it's running, um, which is all known uh, in, in in the archives and stuff. Um, mainly, like the it's like little things, like did it have headlights or did it have you know little kind of stuff. If there were no pictures of it, but uh, usually there's pictures of this stuff and there's plans. Of it, which is really really crazy. Um, Do you have any currently, or would you ever implement any that are just completely of your own genesis and design, not based on any historical prototype? Um, that I can't speak to. Um, we have created some um, tanks that were um, so I guess they were crazy prototypes that were kind of one-offs. And one of our uh, training tanks, actually, a new training tank, is a is kind of a um, a crazy tra- uh, crazy prototype. Mm-hmm. That really never really saw service. So. How have those concept tanks performed? I mean, since you're kind of like making them and then finding out that they do. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like well, really I, popular I, people because they actually sure. are effective. Or oh, yeah, they're just really damn cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking from from a bundle yeah, perspective, ahead, people yeah. ask for those. Like, because yeah. when we when we those rare tanks, we'll call them rare tanks. Sometimes they're not always rare tanks, but when they when the, these ones that you're talking about that maybe were um, paper, only on paper tanks or prototypical tanks, those will come out and they'll be out for a limited time, and then people will say, "Oh, when are these coming back?" I mean, those mm. tend to be very very popular. Okay. Um, do you ever remove? Have you ever removed tanks from the game, or do you just keep adding? We we never remove a tank from oh. the game. Once it's in the game, it's in the game. Yeah. Whether or not you're able to purchase it or not is another story. But, so some um, people have it, and some people don't correct. because they got it for the right. Correct. Interesting. Are you uh, constantly looking at balancing of, of tanks and everything as you add more tanks? Are you looking at the data and do you ever sure. rebalance like you know multiplayer shooters do? Or you look at a game like Destiny that's constantly like, oh, well, we have to pull back the damage sure. on this by 3%. And Yeah, the design is actually doing some of that. I don't think they do a lot of it, but you have to actually talk to the designers to make sure. Because I don't want to speak for those guys because they'll... They'll do things, the really small little tweaks to things to make sure that something's not OP or you know 
over a bunch of other stuff. So, so how did you feel uh, it was working on the PS4 version as opposed to the Xbox One? Did you find any much difference in having to create art for that, or um, so much? The content itself is is put it in a way. So there's some special content for the PS4, but the content, the core content is actually pretty damn close. So, Is there a time period that's adhered to? Like from 1939 to 45? or go up to 51? Yeah, it's not hard and fast, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's basically like from pre-World War II, okay. right, till um, the years um, closely following World War II as the inspiration, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's some, some wiggle room there, so I wouldn't say there's a hard and fast date. Okay. But if, if you're new to the game, the first thing you're going to say is, wow, these are not what I maybe pictured as tanks. Because sure. they're, they're, we're coming into the infancy of tank combat, and right. then by the end, you're seeing some pretty impressive tanks that look, start to look more and more like what you expect a tank to look like in, even the, in the modern day. Sure. So I, I love that span. I, I sure. love seeing the progression from basically tractors with guns yeah. to these really, really sophisticated pieces of hardware. You know, it just visually yeah. it just really speaks to me in a game. In the strive for historical accuracy, where what's that what's that glass ceiling where you hit that point with the way a tank looks and you're like, it looks close enough and now we need sure. to focus on the way it sounds or how it plays and controls. I mean how deep do you go? Um they count bolts. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. They actually yeah. do. So if there's not enough bolts on a piece of armor, that's really funny. And there could be uh, a thousand bolts on a tank yeah. on the surface of the armor because things are bolted from the inside or whatever. But yeah, that's how crazy it gets. Um, the the tank expert was out here one time. Um, uh, Chieftain. Chieftain. Was oh, out yeah, here one yeah. time, And he needed a ride over to. There's a uh, Stewart tank at a park just uh, west of here that he'd heard about. So I yeah, yeah that he heard about. And I had been there because I used to work across the street. But way back in the day, I, I did asphalt, and their asphalt hill was near this tank. I'm like, okay, I know where it is. I'll you take did? you. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm an old man. So um, that was one of my my least fun jobs in my life. Uh, but anyway, we drove over to this tank. He was literally measuring armor thickness. He's literally yeah. you, you couldn't get in it, but he's like right. and I'm just standing there. I'm going, this is this is amazing. <laughs> right? And I'm like, it's a tank. He's like, no, it's more than that. And he's measuring stuff. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, they they scrutinized. He specifically went there just to measure armor thickness. Yeah. That's all he went. He didn't see the tank. He just wanted to measure the thickness. Yeah, just checking. I'm like, I believe you. So are there any plans, or are there even in the game already, and uh, just some of the crazy German stuff? Like uh, the later Tigers, that there's only a handful of them, uh, or even the ones that that never even came out. And I know there are plans out there for it. I mean, even... History Channel had this thing about this big mega tank sure. that we're talking about. Sure, I mean, we talk about that tank around here quite yeah. a bit, every once in a while. Sure, I mean, that thing would be crazy just to even try to drive. It would need five people to drive it. Probably yeah. like the, the, the rat. The, the one with the big, the one that runs, it's got like four turrets or it's something. It's a big like platform. Yeah, 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 it comes up on the forums all the time. Uh, yeah, I, this? I, there, as far as like future plans for for special tanks, like German tanks and things like that, I can't really tell you about like future tanks, but um, we talk about stuff like that all the time, like the big, huge tanks, and could we add them? Um, a lot of designers just look at us and laugh. So, you know, well, I mean, if you, go, if you go to Fort Knox, they have the Pat Museum there, and they sure. actually have, uh, it's like a Tiger II or something. And mm-hmm. You could literally stand up all the way in it, six feet high. Sure. You could stand up in the sure. thing. And they found it, like, buried in a river, and they said there's only, I think there were only six in existence. Sure. And if it's, it, what's crazy is if there's a tank like that that's not in the game that is a practical-looking tank, sure. it's probably going to be in our game soon. Nice. Let's put it that way. So, yeah. if there are those mega tanks, the big, big ones, bigger than anything like the E one, the E one hundreds and stuff like that, yeah. yeah, bigger than bigger than those things, like probably not, just because they're so big, it, it require like 
three people to drive the tank. It yeah. becomes kind of crazy. But yeah, big stuff. Yeah, big tanks. We have some really big tanks in there cool. right now. We were talking earlier about the silly modes that you guys. Sure. Did. Yeah, that's and what I was like, is there, Are those things you look forward to doing? Or oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was like. Our team likes to brainstorm this sure, crazy. Uh, sure. So what's what? what do you, which one do you think is the best? Or the so far, the one we've done was the was the holiday one because I was I it was a big part of that. I was a big part of that. So um, I was built, I built a tank for it and uh, the toy tank and built a tree that you're driving under. You guys kind of stuff, so. a little bit. Yeah, we do actually, which is really really crazy. Um, there's a, there's a lot of people that we're we're usually really really busy, but when we get a break to do something that's a little out of the norm, you know, well, that's it's what like I a, wondered if it would be sure. fun or you're like, oh, I already have so much work to do. No, it's usually like thing. people are like, can I work on that? You know. Like, yeah. yeah, come on, come work on it. Yeah, it's gonna well, be since fun. some of you guys are PlayStation and weren't there during these times, I'll send you the videos for these because you'll kind of get since they're the modes are down, you'll just kind of get a glimpse of like all yeah. the effort and how cool they actually do look. Because that holiday mode was like shiny, everything it was so yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. And what I was talking about was the King Tiger, by the way. Sure, so, sure, sure, sure. I just couldn't remember. I had to look it up. So, have you ever prototyped and spent? hours of your life designing and working on something that doesn't actually finally make it in some for some reason by the end of it it just can't make it in the game uh, does everything you, you right. kind of start to work on eventually make its way into the game perfect track record yeah not this game so much we haven't what's really crazy is since our our production schedule is is kind of so art in the future we're usually not wasting our time on anything and we're we're a small not small team by big game standards you know so we're usually like know exactly what we're supposed to be doing you know month to month you know week to week so um we don't we don't end up wasting a lot of stuff that's why everybody's pretty happy on the team so we never really throw stuff out how long does it usually take you roughly from beginning to end to get a new tank in the game about seven to eight weeks it, cre- it takes about seven weeks to create the tank um, back and forth with historians and geometric checks and things like that. It's changed since we've gone to the higher um, higher res tanks. So sure. it used to be around four to five weeks, and it's gotten a lot more insane. So it's pretty great. Cool. Is there any kind of, um, and this might push beyond art a little bit, mm-hmm. but the kind of progression from Tier 1 to Tier 10, obviously it's a progression in stats, <laughs> but is there kind of a... Or do you aim to have sort of a visual progression where there's just something about these late-tier tanks that looks more powerful, looks cooler, um, yeah. looks a little more imposing, maybe? Yeah, I mean, you start out with smaller stuff that's a little less, you know, sexy. Intimidating. And, yeah, exactly. And the, the, the mid-range stuff is pretty great and usually pretty maneuverable still. When you get up to the big stuff, it's like you're a little slower yeah. or you're so heavily armored that it's going to take, you know, Tons of shots to kill you, and your tank looks badass. So usually that that is basically it. Yeah. Did art did the uh, visual of a tank ever factor into where it might fall along a tank line's progression, or is that all about how there's let's call it stats? What yeah. It it's, back as day? far as I know, it's about stats. You can ask um, design about that one. Okay. Definitely. You know and, what I actually love sorry. is the uh, when you get a new tank, how it shows you you have the like. Little turntable sure. kind of thing and everything. Sure. I the love the purchase that. celebration. It just makes yeah. it kind of exciting, actually. Yeah. You get to really yeah. look at it. Yep. Yeah. And in your tank career, you will feel that change, right? It's not just yeah. visual. Yeah. You will feel it. Yeah. I mean, it all comes together. The, the way the tanks look, the sound of the tank when it moves, the, mm-hmm. the thump of the gun. Like, you will feel how cool it is to progress down that tech tree, right? And the first time you, you get into that new tank that you've been looking forward to unlocking and you, you, you take it out, I mean, it's a rush. It really is, you know? Um, Especially as you're training your crew too, and giving them oh, special yeah. perks and stuff. Oh, yeah. You don't die as fast. You know? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. 
you're I'm on. just putting. I'm yeah, just putting no, we're watching. Background. Take care of. Uh, take care of. Business well, I'm not there. in multiplayer. I tried. This is proving wrong, so it's not. <laughs> it's not great, but I just wanted, you know. Well, show how pretty it is actually to see the PS4 because I think the Xbox One looks fantastic. You know, just this True. everything in it looks so good. I mean, nice. it, I love the surroundings and um, I love looking at the weather effects are really amazing. Just yeah, they the spent rain, a lot of time. I was really staring at the rain and stuff like that. It really looks good. They yeah. spent a lot of time. I think it's been over the past like year or so. We've we've implemented that on the 360 and now the Xbox One and. That's all going to be on the, the PS4. Is it just uh, window dressing, or does it actually affect gameplay? Um, in the end, it actually doesn't affect ranges or anything like that, so it's more of a, uh, a feeling mm-hmm. you know, to, to the level, but it doesn't actually affect your ranges. and The, the tanks don't skid any more or less mm-hmm. on the surfaces if there's more. Was that something that was talked about? Yeah, absolutely. It was. It really was. Um, And who knows, in the future, they may implement something like that. But um, as soon as we started bringing in fog and things like that, it was like, well, you're not going to be able to see a guy now that your tank can actually shoot at at those ranges. And we're going to have a million people complaining. So it was... It's kind of funny, though, isn't it? Because they want realism. Yes. But then they're like... To an extent. Maybe we don't, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, (laughs) it's it's a game. But, you know, you have to make it look really awesome. So, Yeah. yeah. So are you afforded, or between like the Xbox One version and PS4, are they identical visually, or is yeah, there a better resolution on PS4 or anything like that? The resolution is the same. Okay. Yeah, the the geometric uh, complexity of the models are the same. Um, we're running like some crazy polygons though on these systems. If you guys don't know, it's like each tank is around can be upwards of forty uh, forty thousand polygons, and then. The tracks alone can potentially be another 40, so the tank can almost be wow. pushing around 100,000 polygons mm-hmm. for a tank. Because we, we actually model each individual link, and the links actually are all linked together, so they're simulating real track track. Tracks. And as you can see on the right, it just fell off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty crazy. Good job. You made it through. We <laughs> <laughs> made it through AI tanks. Yay! Uh, is this the so, remote for that? I, I guess as an artist, you, you have to uh, go through the destructibility for each tank, too, yes. and, and how it looks when it's getting destroyed that's and right. taken apart. That's right. Uh, so that's part of that whole seven to eight week process. It's not it only is. building the tank, but also Correct. destroying the tank. Correct. So how would the tank explode? Um where in the armor the seams would split apart and that kind of stuff. And if there's, if we're showing you the interior of the tank, those shapes inside are correct for what's supposed to be in there. You really can't tell what's inside, but you can see the shapes. And if the engine's supposed to be there, you see a shape of the engine sitting there. So, how many dis- uh, destructible states do you have to create? Um, usually, it's a tract uh, or tracks on both sides being destroyed. So that's one for each of those, and then the actual tank being destroyed. And nowadays, the tanks are uh, on the on the HD side. The tanks are actually in four pieces. So the turret, the hull, the chassis, and the tracks and stuff are all separate. So it's a destroyed state for each one of those. And the LEDs that go along with those stuff. So it's a lot of stuff. Can you talk about turret? Yeah, and turret. Yeah. The turret. If you hit the ammo rack on a tank, the turret will pop off that. and flip around and stuff like that. Nice. It's great. Yeah, it's pretty that's crazy. A tough shot, <laughs> if you know where to shoot on the tank, and that's what's really crazy is we model the collision um, on each tank. You, you can't see it here, and you, and you can see it online. There's some there's some videos of what World of Tanks does for simulating uh, the interiors of the tanks. But we actually have simulations of all the crew inside. Um, so if you shoot a tank at that particular part, you hit the driver, you kill the driver, and 
it's there. There's actually a guy, a shape of a dude sitting inside there. <laughs> and we have the shape of the transmission and the, t- and the engine and the ammo rack and all that stuff. So huh. when you shoot a tank and you're shooting in the right spot and you're penetrating enough, you can actually do damage to that particular part of the tank. And that's how it's calculated. It's calculated split-second calculation on the server, so it's actually not done on your client, which is pretty crazy. Okay. Yeah. All right. And are things like uh, proper drop on the shells and all that, or... Is that a little bit too much simulation? Shell drop is a design question. <laughs> okay. I'll let you I'll let that, I'll let you talk about that with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's an artistic arc. Come on. Sure. <laughs> you put a cool motion blur sure. at the end of it. Sure. Hmm. All right. Do you guys have any more questions for these two? Yeah, I'm good. Awesome. Thank you for sharing your cool. expertise sure. in your areas. Really sure. and no, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Yeah. 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 Thanks, much. Cool. All right. <laughs> So I, you know, hopefully you guys took it as as, as I did. It it really did sound kind of similar to what you see in games like Warframe, uh, some other free to play stuff, but also uh, kind of how it, it is in Destiny. You know, with the daily, the weekly, uh, some some special events. So uh, that helped me really understand it a little bit better. I didn't really know that they did that stuff in World of Tanks. So pretty interesting things going on there. Uh, really quick extra life update. I'm still assigning the numbers. It's taking really long because I haven't had time. Hoping to get that done Wednesday. So the, that's the target date. Want to get the drawing done as soon as possible. I just haven't had the time. So I'll get that done as soon as possible. Uh, we'll get the results up on the website as soon as they're done. And we'll start emailing winners as soon as I can. Hopefully get that done by the end of the week. Uh, but let's get to emails. We have three of them, correct? Correct. Email master. And the first one is from... Thomas Harrison Lord. Hello, I'm Thomas Harrison Lord. Yes. Uh, He says, off the back of your favorable opinions regarding Guitar Hero Live, I picked it up and I am having a ball. Nice. I really enjoy the streaming music element and can't help but think that this is a really innovative step forward for music games. Music video games. Yes, that's what I said. Way to steal my line. (laughs) Uh, My question is, what do you think they will do for this year's inevitable sequel? Right Uh, off the bat, that's what I kind of am leaning towards, too. I really, I don't think they will. I really hope they don't. But the way they were talking, I I think they want to treat this kind of like rock band as a platform and they just want to move forward by adding music to it. Well, at the event in LA, I mean, they talked multiple times about with the verbiage platform, platform, platform. Yeah. And, and uh, I think if anything, number one, they've already said that the guitars will definitely be compatible with any new title they bring out in this series, at least on this uh, console generation. So if they do do that, it'll just be a disc, but do 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 do. Um, but I don't think that we'll see a new Guitar Hero this year. I really I don't. don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I think their plan is just keep adding uh, live channels. Although, to play devil's advocate, it is EA or Activision. It is Activision, yes. So okay, there is so, that chance. Uh, so let's continue. We all know how much Activision will want something on the retail shelves for Christmas. But it doesn't have to be Guitar Hero. They have other... They'll have a Call of Duty on the shelves for Christmas and guarantee that. 
You think there's going to be a new Call of Duty? Come on. Uh, I would personally hope for more live stuff on a disc, maybe with a few real bands recording a few songs for that part of the game. But for uh, it's labor intensive that live stuff. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's insanely labor intensive because they all they have to do it at least twice. They have to do the positive reactions to everything and then the negative reactions to everything. Right. Um. It's very complicated. They they explained it to us. Um, yeah. So, uh, but for all new streaming tracks in the TV section to simply arrive like they currently do, uh, if you have. Uh, Guitar Hero Live 1 you'll still have access to all the new TV tracks yeah and that's the platform part of it I mean that's well but they're always they're, they're going to keep releasing the premium events and the premium shows yeah. that sort of thing and that's yeah. where they're going to make the revenue stream yep so in which case they could release the new live tracks as DLC pack for existing owners and release a disc for newcomers or do you think we'll have to buy the sequel to get all new content. I I don't think even if they did do a sequel at some point, I don't. It would probably be a major like mode uh, change or addition if they did a new version of the game. But that's the thing. I don't think they would even need to because they could do. I mean, look, it's Activision. Right. They did. They they published Destiny, and Destiny did a major upgrade thing with the Taken King, and you could just download that. Exactly. Yeah, they did bring out a disc version of it, but they kind of did that as, okay, nobody ever bought this. If nobody ever bought Destiny, here it all is in one package. But I think this one... I think this is different, though. I think that they know that they're kind of on a precarious slope right now with music games in general, but bringing back a franchise that got so overly saturated. Yeah. And I don't see them doing another game this year. No, I don't either. I see them just building upon what's there. And they they're, you know, they haven't even started it yet. It's it's really they said right off the bat, you know, we have the two channels and we'll have a third channel coming soon. Right. But that was their whole idea is that they don't need DLC, they don't need another disc because they'll just add new channels. And they and they said that directly. I mean, it, it yeah. wasn't even us reading into it or anything. They said that, like, quote unquote, basically. Yeah they they want to make it like MTV, MTV Two, MTV Yo <laughs> MTV Raps. You know, you know, they want to have multiple music channels on there, all going at the same time, so that once they build up that library. And that library is not going to be built up in a couple of months. It's going to be built up over the course of a couple of years. So right. bringing out another disc would just kind of ruin that. Yep, definitely. They build up that library and then they can have three, four, five, six channels going strong, all with different content on them 24 hours a day. And people can just jump in and play whatever they want. Yeah, and the, and the development costs are, are taken care of by by sustaining you know, the premium content on a regular basis. Yeah. It's not really worth retooling something when they've built this whole new engine and this whole new platform. That's the whole reason behind it. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, sorry for the ramble. Hope it makes sense. Would love to hear your opinion. No, we're not going to talk about it. Uh, well, plus it's really hard to read that English accent. <laughs> Keep up the amazing work. Thomas Harrison Lord. Ooh, hyphen Lord. Ooh. From the UK. Ooh, yeah. 
Cheerio. And his PSN ID, jump on it, people, is THL Network. Hmm. It's an odd one. THL Network. Um, I can't think of anything right now. All right. I was going to make fun of it, but I can't really think of anything for that acronym. Well, we leave UK and now we move to Germany. Yeah, we go to Germany. Yeah. This is from Oliver from Germany. And he says, hi, Glenn and Josh. I'm not going to do the whole thing like that. All right. <laughs> I hope it's not too late to wish you and your families all the best for 2016. It is too late. It is way too late. Uh, I think January 11th. Days yeah, January 11th. That's too late. No. Oh, well, we've already kind of covered this. Uh, now to my questions. Glenn, I know. are you still willing to buy an Oculus Rift now for the high? Well, he says high. Price point is finally revealed, or are you going to wait for the PlayStation VR price announcement? Uh, in the last podcast, you seemed pretty interested to buy a brand new high-end PC dedicated for Oculus. Well, it actually wasn't going to be dedicated. It was also going to be for streaming and some other stuff. Uh, this will cost you around 1600 bucks. I'm not sure if Josh's wife will allow him to do the same. I'm going to say no on that. Okay. I'm going to say Josh isn't even interested in spending 1600 bucks <laughs> on a PC, wife or not. Yeah. Because fuck that. I don't like – yeah, I've gotten into Steam a little bit more. Yeah. But that's because I've been given Steam codes. Right. <laughs> I'm not planning to buy shit. I don't like sitting at my desk to play games. That's well, why I have a console. That's why I have, got out of PC gaming. Right. And you have an advantage over a lot of people. You've seen what PlayStation VR can already do. Yeah. And you already have a PlayStation 4. Yeah. So it's a little bit cheaper for the price of entry for you. So, uh, what do you think the price of the PlayStation VR will be? More than $400? Um, well, we talked about that a lot. Uh, yeah. I think at the highest, the very, very highest PSVR can be is 450 And at that price, I think they're even going to have a problem. But I think it's really going to be based on what Vive comes out, but also uh, how many games they have ready to go, that sort of thing, and when they do it. Yeah. But... I personally think 400 is the cutoff. I think that's the safe bet right now. Because it is a lot of tech. I mean, the screens are crazy, but uh, I think they get away with a lot with the, <clears throat> with the PlayStation 4 being able to run a lot of that stuff. So, But I, I do still, I'm interested in an Oculus, but 600 bucks, man. Uh, I got to buy a house. Well, that's, that's the other thing. Why would I buy a $1,600 PC and Oculus when... PlayStation VR is coming, and I could just use that. And most of the games are going to be on both platforms. Yeah. I mean, the I'm, one I care about the most is on PSVR and on Oculus, Eve, Eve Valkyrie. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, even if I I could just say, yeah, I want that, I, I, I wouldn't want that. Like, if, PS, if PlayStation VR was not coming, if that didn't exist... Yeah. And this was my only choice was Oculus and all that it costs. I wouldn't get it. And it's, that's my own decision because yeah, I, I don't want to spend that money on something like that for something that I I wouldn't play that much because it's on the PC. Well, not just that. I mean, let's be honest. It's still not a proven platform on any. Yeah. You know, it. it even though there's three or four major contenders out there, who knows how much longevity VR is going to have right now? You know, if it's not if it's not worth it for developers to make games for it, they're going to stop making games. Well, and like I said, I think last week, 
you've got multiples on the PC and it's like the streaming services. One is going to fold two might fold and somebody's going to gobble them up. And what if you bought the wrong one? What if you bought one that gets gobbled up or disappears? Yeah. You never know. And that's a lot of money to be dropping on something like yeah. that. That's a gamble. That, and I mean, you know, you yeah. and I, you asked shoot that question directly when we talked to him at, at PSX and, uh, it, it is, it's a concern and not just on PlayStation, but all of them. It's a concern. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of money to invest in something that, Quite frankly, you might not use very much. You know, the the, the glitter might uh, fall off of it very quickly or yep. whatnot, you know, and, and there might not. I mean, that's the big problem with Gear VR right now is that there's some cool stuff, but there's not very much. There's not very much content to begin with. There, Some of the content is kind of broken. Um, I mean, it, it, it's exciting, but I can only play the Deer Hunter VR game and, and Gunjack so much because a lot of the other stuff just doesn't work that well. Well, and I just want to be clear. Like, I'm not saying I'm not excited for PlayStation VR. I am excited for that. But yeah. I have also played a lot of different games on yeah, that. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of good ones. And I've seen what it can do, and it, it's exciting, and it's really, really cool. And I'm really excited to, you know, put that thing on my mom's head and have her try something yeah. out. Because, you know, and have Lou try it out and have all these other people try it out because they're just going to be blown away by it. Which I've even seen with my Gear VR when I took it to work. And you know, and I'm happy to do that on my PlayStation in the living room. Wait, you don't want to lug a PC and all the cables and the monitor? Yeah, no, and I'm not going to have everybody standing around my desk in the basement. <laughs> I mean, that's absurd. That's just not right. It, it's not conducive to that. You know, it's that's why I think it works so well for PlayStation for me. You know, I, I know there's a lot of people that, well, just hook your PC up to your TV. I'm not going to fucking do that. I use my yeah. PC for work. It's at yeah. my desk. I'm not going to go hook it up to my TV. I, I'm just not. That's yeah. just not in my, that's not I, what I'm doing. I really so. do feel like the PSVR is going to work the best just in terms of not crashing and not having technical issues. That's the other thing about it. It's such a new tech that... I have a feeling Oculus is going to crash like crazy because my Gear VR crashes every now and then. I was trying to use it when I was in Chicago one morning. I was just kind of bored uh, and waiting to go, and and I put it on, and it was just freaking out on me. And I had to re- it actually rebooted my phone. Well, but see, and that's this is exactly why I got away from PC gaming. Uh, the PlayStation VR, they know what it's tied to. Yeah, it's tied to a PlayStation Four. It is what it is. Yep. For Oculus, for these other ones, everybody's PC is different. Yeah. Everybody's PC is different. Different drivers, different graphics card, different RAM, different everything. You know, they have minimum specs and they have the high-end specs. But even if everybody buys something with the minimum specs, everybody's configuration is different. Yep. And all the drivers Some might are have SLI running. Some might yeah. only have a single card. So just yep. getting that to work with everybody is... Not an easy and thing. There's, there's still games to this day that have come out that if you have SLI running or you don't, it runs like crap because something gets broken. Look at Batman Arkham Knight on uh, on PC. It's still a, a, a joke. Yeah. And when you have all of that, all of that stuff across the board, there's just that much more chance that things will screw up. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm not going back to PC gaming like that. I mean, I was heavy into PC gaming in. Well, so was I. 
whenever that was than, well, I mean, from the Apple II, but like all the way through till the mid to late 90s. And I just got so sick of, you need a new graphics card, you need this, you need that. And it was constant upgrades and constant driver downloads and just constant, constant work to get a mm-hmm. game going. And when I could just walk over to my original PS1 at the time and drop a game in and play with my friends, you know? And I worked my ass off to play X-Wing and TIE Fighter and all these other badass games, and I loved them. Right. But I just got sick of it at some point, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Just I'm spending more time trying to get the games running than I am playing the games. And when I was younger, it was kind of a fun thing to do. It was part of the nerd the nerd in me, but now yeah. I just don't have the time to tick with it. Yeah. I, I got yeah. sick of it. I had two roommates, and... You know, they loved X-Wing and, and TIE Fighter and, and that, you know, and I'm playing Quake and I'm playing all these, you know, just all these different games and I was loving it. But when it came down to it, we would pop soccer, you know, we would pop FIFA in the PlayStation 1 and play it. We would pop uh, Virtual Fighter in the Sega Genesis and play that because you could just pop a game in and play. Right. It, it was just so much easier and you didn't have to worry about anything. You didn't Oh shit. Wait, no, I have to download some new drivers. Oh wait. Even though that's become a thing again now or, Oh crap. I have to wait for the upload or the update to download or I have to yeah. get the, the better likenesses file to download for Madden or, and it has, but yeah, but with that you download it and it works. You right. don't have to download it and worry, did I get the right one for my specific graphics card? Did I get the graphics one for 64-bit and not 32-bit? Exactly, yeah, Did I yeah. get one for NVIDIA instead of ATI? Or? It's, and I, I know it's become much easier with Steam and, and all these other services. DirectX. But, but still, like you said, it's, it's yeah. still hit and miss at times because Batman runs like shit on well, some but, computers. But even and, not that. I mean, let's say you're using your PC for more than just gaming. Let's say you're using for streaming. So now you have to install these other weird drivers for your video capture and for OBS and or XSplit. And, you know, the weird audio setup for XSplit especially can screw a lot of things up. And you just get more and more on there and, and things start not working together correctly. And it's it just yeah. becomes a mess. That's that's why I left all that. <laughs> and that's yep. why I'm not going to spend 1600 bucks for a new PC and and Oculus. There's just no way. Yeah. The most expensive I PC I've bought in the last 10 years was $300. I mean, I, I still want to build one for streaming when after I get my house, my new house. But um, And then maybe I'll look at an Oculus. Maybe it'll be cheaper by then. Maybe Vive will be a better platform. It'll be cheaper. It'll, it'll come out as the dominant one over Oculus or something. So I, I, I've gotten old enough now where I have enough patience you know i can wait it out because i know playstation vr is coming and i know it's going to be good enough for me for a long time yeah the stuff i've seen on psvr has been awesome i mean there's probably eight or ten games that i want right now for it so i know that it's going to be something that i'll play for not just a couple weeks i'll play it for a long time uh just the fact that i was going back to drive club so much proves that just the fact that i go and play e valkyrie like as soon as i walk in the door that's what i go for because i love it so much that's the thing. If they can, if they can, and they have time. Oh but yeah. If they can get the graphic fidelity up on Drive Club. Oh my God. Holy fuck! <laughs> that was so amazing. It was. 
It's just, it's, it's, it was it's just astounding to see that game in, at 60 frames per second, number and, one, but man. Yeah, I've said it, but I can't overstate it. I mean, coming around down that, that first turn down the hill. And the leaves are flying past you like normal. And, and I really had to jam on my brakes, and I felt like I, I, like I, I lurched forward yeah. as if there was momentum there. Because I, I was expecting it. I, I felt the gravity. Like, I'm just so used to... It was so real that my body reacted, even though there was nothing actually pulling my body forward. Yeah. It was so freaky. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I just started laughing. I'm like, this is crazy. Like I said, I played Drive Club four times at PSX. I get enough of it. And the race was only a couple minutes. Yeah. I just kept going back. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's freaking awesome. It is. It's really good. <laughs> and e, I mean, E Valkyrie, uh, World War II, I think, is going to be awesome. I really enjoyed what they had. Uh, I think Headmaster is really cool. Yeah. I don't know if I'll personally play it as much, just because it freaked me out that I thought I was going to fall over every now and then. But <laughs> that's a fun party that's... game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's really cool. It, it seems so thin, and every time I've exp- every time I've mentioned it to somebody, I'm like, okay. You head the soccer ball and you try to hit, you try to hit uh, like little score things, yeah. and, and people are like, uh, "Okay," and I'm like, "But really, there's more to it than that. There's there's well, so much depth and it's so much fun and there's all this other stuff going on and and then, it, and then you've got the arcade fun of like Battle Zone and that and, yeah. that, oh, and that rail shooter the the until dawn rail shooter and yeah. Um, what was the other one? Oh, the London Getaway. I'm really yeah. interested to see what they're going to do with that because all we've ever seen is two tech demos yep. for London Getaway and to see what they're going to do. London Heist. Full, or London Heist. Yeah, that's what I mean. I keep seeing, saying Getaway. Uh, but London Heist, I mean, just that van demo for me was just amazing. Yeah. The level of interaction and, and, and the, the level of, of, of how accurate it was. And then, you know, I had the video up. For me, three of me playing that uh, that tech demo from Seth Luisi's new group, and he told me at PSX we're going to see what they're working on at E3. What about and the crazy uh, Tetris thing? That one, it's cool. I don't know if I'll buy that one. Oh, I I'm love not a puzzle game one. guy very much. I know you're not. Crazy I am. cool. I mean, it was. It was a really neat uh, use of the VR where you have to kind of move your head around just to see past the pieces. Yes. And it gets um, it gets frantic oh, and crazy. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, and even that Playroom VR, I mean, that is the perfect party game. Yeah. Because that utilizes something that none of the other VR solutions have. The fact that you can output to a TV in a regular screen and not have both eyes showing and everything else like an Oculus and, and, and Vive. But they can have four DualShock controllers and completely interact with the game that you're in. It works, and it's fun. I had a big smile on my face the entire time I was playing it. That's exciting. It is. There's really, really cool. cool stuff. I just don't want this to become Wonderbook. <laughs> yeah, I I don't Which I don't think it will. I don't think it will, but I I see it like my fear. My low end expectation is that it will become like three D did for Sony. They'll have I all think the there's already more titles that than what supported 3D though. I think there's already more titles for VR, which is good. I think yeah, that, that I don't is know. A there were a lot more titles than you realize for 3D no, on the I, on the PS3. I mean, no, but I, I know I have most of them. But my fear is that um, 
you know, there's going to be that big push at the beginning and then the developers are going to try just sort of drop off here and there as they realize, well, the install base isn't as big as we had hoped, but, but we could just make more money on these other games. So let's just make other games. The big difference between all of those other situations and this one is the fact that these developers are making games for two other VR platforms at least. I know. And they but, can port them over, and I think that's going to help VR in general because they have three dominant platforms to, to develop for. Well, it'll help it in general if they all sell. If True. they don't all sell or they don't all sell well, you're going to see developers start to drop off and start to yeah. disappear. I, I think if the two do well, VR has got a real good chance. But see, that's that's my fear is that it's going to because that's kind of what happened with 3D. You know, there was that excitement oh, yeah. for 3D and, you know, it's it's great. And people have, well, people aren't buying the TVs quick enough and there doesn't seem to be enough adoption. The games aren't selling as, or the games are selling fine because you can play them 2D or 3D. But right. we're seeing that not many people are playing them 3D. So why even bother? You know? It, yeah, it, it is. And it's a very good point. But I think that there's. I think there's a lot more true um, fervor for VR over 3D TVs, though. I think yeah. it's just like the curved TVs where it's a lot of people see it as, as a fad. Uh, and the VR things can still be looked at as a fad. But at the same time, I think with, that, with the immersion that, that's possible and when people actually get to see how things work in it, I think that's what gives it a better chance. Well, and but I'm, still, I'm still afraid of it not working as well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, and... The biggest, and that's the biggest hurdle that it has, is people have to see it and try it to really understand why it is amazing. And yep. and you, you can't just show it off somewhere. You have to have it somewhere where a lot of people are going to be able to try it. And right. Because people aren't just going to go out and, oh, I'm actively going to search down that experience. They're just not even going to bother. You know? Right. It has to be in their face. Hey, come here. Do this. You have to see it. Right. So. No, I agree. It's a very big gamble. I, I do th- still think this is the best chance that it's ever had. It's, um, but I'm I'm very, I'm very conscious of not trying to oversell it because it's it still scares me. Yeah. I, I I'm super excited for it. Yeah. And based I'm on what I played, VR more than I thought I would. Yeah, based on what I've played so far, I'm super excited for it. Me too. But still, me too. It's it's tough. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then he ends it with P.S. I was wondering why you both were so silent about the Star Wars movie last year. It was your most wanted movie, and aside from some bits and pieces, you talked very little about the movie itself. You clearly did not want to spoil something, but I'm sure the community would appreciate a special episode seven or. Ep- yeah, episode seven podcast from the both of you. Keep up the good work. Oliver from Germany. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about maybe doing a couple of special podcasts. We just have to get the time. Yeah, I I don't know about that one, though. I mean... I'd have to go see it again. Well, and that's the thing. I think for a lot of people, you need to see it twice. Twice, yeah. it makes a huge difference. And the fact that I saw it twice within like eight hours... <laughs> <laughs> made a huge difference, but I don't know. I'm just not, I mean, I haven't really talked about it with almost anybody except 
my friend that, you know, I've known since we were seven years old because I'm just not. We've talked a lot about it at work on a chat channel, but it's just, it's devolved into all these really crazy theories now about what's going to happen in the future movies. And I kind of got disinterested, so I stopped watching. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I don't, I don't really, you know, I like discussing it with him because we have that same sensibility of it and we've, you know, we've, we have that same history with it and I don't know. Star Wars is something very different for me. It's something very special for me. And I just don't, I don't know. I don't know why, but I just don't really feel like doing a podcast on it. (laughs) I'm kind of the same way because I don't like, I don't know what it is, but I don't like uh, trying to guess about things and like conjecture and, and, and have theories about things. I, I just well, never got that far with the star Wars movies. I just like them for what they are. And that's just kind of been it. Well, but see, that's the thing. Like we have our theories and he and I discussed a lot of things sure. back and forth. And it was funny because he had only seen it once. Um, so I was saying, well, did you notice this? He's like, Oh my gosh. Oh, uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I said, and then this, and, and we got into a lot of discussions on theories and, and things like that. And, you know, I, I can do that with him. I don't know that I, I want to do that with just anybody. Right. I, I, I don't know why I, it's yeah. just some weird thing that I we mean, just have to go back and watch all of our bond movies so we can do the second part of that. Yeah. Three years later. Yeah. Because Josh and I figured out that the first Bond cast was when I went to Europe in 2013. <laughs> so, two and a half years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, Spectre is going to be here on Blu-ray in a couple of weeks. Is it on, in a couple of weeks already? Uh, I think so. Hang oh, on. shit. I got to order that. It is... I have to watch it alone, though. Rock didn't like it. February 9th. No shit. Yeah. So, yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah, a month, you mean? Yeah, a couple of weeks. <laughs> that would be four. A couple of four weeks. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, last email. Oh, yeah, last email. Uh, lost that browser window. Okay, last email uh, is from Alfonso... Boxil. Ribeiro? Oh. Okay, I just platinum back to the future on the PS4 and want to do the same for the PS3. Do I have to get the retail version to get the platinum? Because I see the trophy list for each episode is separate. So I think I talked about this on the podcast. I briefly explained it to him in a response, but I'll put this out there for anybody who wants to know this, who doesn't know. Okay. Uh, There are three separate trophy sets for Back to the Future. The PS4, the PS3 disc, and the PS3 download. Okay. Okay. PS3 disc will give you an actual proper platinum. The download episodes will not give you a proper platinum because they were episodic. You know, they were coming out one after the other after the other Mm -hmm. um, back when Telltale was able to do them in a much more compact space and not spread them out over three years. Um, But 
The trick with that one is it's the trophies are listed. They're, they're the same names on the trophies, same descriptions on the trophies and you get the trophies for doing the same things. Sure. The difference is they kind of upped the trophies on the downloadable one. So where you'd get like a bronze for doing something on the disc based one, you might get a silver for doing it on the download. Okay. Or you might get a gold. So the reason they did this is because when you add up the point totals, because all the trophies have point totals essentially in the background, Sure. When you add it all up, if you get every single trophy over the downloaded episodic ones, you will get the equivalent of a platinum. Okay. You won't actually get that fancy little platinum to add to your collection, but you will get the equivalent of a platinum, which will push you that much further ahead in terms of your level and whatever else, if you care about that. Mm. So it's entirely up to you. You can play both and... Essentially, you're getting two Platinums worth of points, although you're only getting one Platinum trophy. Sure. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, I just wanted to explain that fully for for people um, who might be interested, because I know there are trophy hunters out there who who are interested in these things, Sure. obviously. So. They just weren't interested enough to make the trophy watch work. Apparently. <laughs> So I I did platinum one of or I did finish one of them 100% whether it was the download or the disc. I don't remember which. And I was actually on my way to completing the other one. Ah, okay. <laughs> and never finished it cuz I looked up all that information when I was doing it cuz I was like, "Well, wait a second. They're the same trophies, but how can they be the same trophies if cuz then I started to notice that it's like two of them I think are off." <laughs> like where you have like two bronze, suddenly you have two gold or something like that, whatever it is. And that's how I think that was what one of the things that helped people figure out, okay, so this plus this plus this would equal a platinum. Sure. Essentially. Um. So yeah, it is what it is. If you know, do whichever you want, you'll get a platinum's worth of points either way, but <clears throat> you know, Right. So that's Back to the Future. PS4, PS3, disc right. and download. Need them trophies, yo. Yep. All right. We all done? Yep. We're all done. All right. Next week, um, I'm hoping that we talk about the Extra Life Raffle. Uh, we'll definitely have the other interview from World of Tanks, which is uh, probably the meatiest one out of all of them. We got some time with the lead designer of the game, and... Um, Got some really good information about the game that helps you understand it quite a bit, actually. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about our plans for the World of Tanks stream on next Tuesday, which is also the last day that you can vote on the Golden Minecart. So get out there every 12 hours you can vote, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get out there and vote as many times as you can and uh, make your voice heard. If you don't see a game on the list for the specific category, write it in. Let's get a write-in to win this year. That's our goal. We want one of the write-ins to win. I do. That's why I, I keep awesome. voting for it. <laughs> <laughs> See, somebody's voting for the for the My Little Pony DLC for Monopoly. Yep. I and want, it's, and it's Josh. I want to see a write-in win. I really, really do. That'd be cool. All right, 
Well, until next week, we will talk to you all very soon. Josh, you got anything else? Nope. All right. Get out there, play some games. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. A track by. I love um, I love how like the, the things you worshipped as a kid kind of fade away, you know? Like when I was a little kid, I used to, I used to, I used to think uh, Jim Morrison from The Doors was so cool, you know? And I got older and I realized, nah, he's just a floppy drunk with a shiny belt buckle, you know? <laughs> just a screaming drunk. Like that guy would just yell whatever was in his mind. Like, you know when you're yelling drunk? You're so drunk you yell, you know? Hollywood Improv! Like that. He would do the same thing, but yell like, kill her on the road! Or whatever, you know? But he was just bellowing drunk, you know? Like, they, his band would, would come out and, and lay down a blues riff, and he, you know, shotgun about five or six fifths of whiskey backstage, or whatever, and come out, and these would be his vocals. Burp! Burp, burp, eagle riding on a cowboy's back, making chili! And everyone who was used to the Beatles being all clean cut and stuff were like, genius? No, I don't know. I'm asking you. I've never seen someone scream vomit on their drummer. What was that? He's pissing on a cop in the front row. What the fuck is going on? Like, I remember that song, L.A. Woman, you know, where he goes, got my mojo rising. You know that song? Like, he used to listen to that and be like, wow, what a cool guy. Because at one point, it slows down. I'm like, how provocative. But I just realized he just drunk and he forgot the words for a couple seconds. Got my mojo. Fuck. Rising. All right. Still got it. You know? Like when I hear that song, I don't think, you know, he's a mystic warrior floating on rainbows and dreams fighting the man like I used to. You know? I just think, you know, when I hear that song, I think I'm driving a friend home after a party who's wasted and he wants to go get fast food. Okay? Bear with me now. Now, he's one of those guys, you know when you're so hungry, you just start singing the food item you want in your fat mouth? You know? Like, I've given in to where he's going to go when he starts, quesadilla, quesadilla tonight, you know? Like, he's like, uh, fucking get in the car, Jim. Shut the fuck up. Buckle up. All right, man. Hey, hey, you want to go to Burger King, dude? When's the last time we went to Burger King, sacred brother? I think I'd say something shitty like that, sacred brother. Just buckle up, Jim. Shut up. We'll go to Burger King. Oh, man. You know what I'm going to get? Going to get a Burger King Whopper. Jim, shut up. Burger King Whopper. Like right in your face. Burger King Whopper. Whopper, Whopper. Keep on Whopper. Burger and fries. Blah. Burger and fries. Don't ever drive Jim Morrison home, ever.